Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Lauren and RJ, The Frangie Show, starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on this Tuesday installment. Our Tuesday is always brought to you by the Nimnick family of dealerships. My friend Billy Nimnick and Lee Nimnick, that wonderful Nimnick family. Been buying my cars there since 1982. You should buy yours there as well. Nimnick Chevrolet is on Casted, the corner of Casted and Park. Nimnick Buick GMC is located on Phillips Highway. Head to Nimnick today, the place to buy cars trucks, SUVs in this area, new or used, head to Nimnick today. Frangie and Carlion, Lauren Brooks, R.J. Saunders with you on another beautiful day out there. A little chilly in the morning. Go for a walk? Did you have your long walk? It was great, yeah. Went for a walk. Uh, yeah, so it was... Uh, I got the walk in. It was good, yeah. Played with uh, played with A.J. All right. Yeah. You get the walk in? Mm-hmm. Good always, walk. yeah. Dogs, as long as it's not raining, there's always a dog walk in. Yeah, we, get a, we, get, we do a lot of walking, too. What the, it was a cool this morning, though. It was like I had a meeting at 9 or at 8.30, and back outside in the outside part of the meeting was at 9. It was about 41. But I'm too tough to be bothered by that, Carline. It's a toughness issue, mm-hmm. okay? You wouldn't have liked it. I mean, no, I, mean, I, I, was, I am that's he would have incredibly been soft. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I know uh, uh, it's, it's a beautiful day. A lot of things to talk about today on the program. Um, I got a Jaguar thought I'm going to throw at you. We'll start the program, as we always do with that. We got a Duval County Scholar athlete coming by early on in the uh, program. The Senior Bowl is off and running. Is the Senior Bowl more prominent than it's been ever? By a mile. Certainly this, not this year, but this these last five to ten years, right? Yeah, it's just it was bound to happen with the draft getting bigger and bigger and bigger each year. And the Senior Bowl has gone from a very niche part of the draft process to an integral one. And, and it should. I mean, it's look, I guarantee you there's pro bowlers and all pro players competing this week in Mobile. And you know, the game is is sort of irrelevant. The scouts are already out of mobile by the time the game's played this weekend. The practices are the real evaluation here. And uh, and so absolutely, you know, the Jaguars sitting at 17, that could be a prime senior bowl player uh, with, without any doubt about it. And certainly as you get into the rounds after the first round, the senior bowl is, is probably more likely than not. Uh, if, you're, if you're doing it the right way, which, you know, I, I think you should absolutely – view this as if you've got seven picks in a draft, at least four of them should have played in the Senior Bowl. Uh, that, that's such a good barometer, not just for the individual skill set, but how they fit what you want to do in that identity. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's absolutely uh, a major, major part of the draft process. I love that underclassmen can now participate in it. Uh, and so it's a, it's a fantastic part, and hopefully the Jaguars are going to take full advantage of it. Yeah, it used to be for underclassmen who had graduated already, but that's, uh, I think, a small percentage. And so now, like you said, the fact that any underclassman who is declared for the draft can go, I, I think that improves the talent that they have. And look, I think, Frank, there have been a lot of eyes on certain players already as far as the Jaguars are concerned. There's a, a, an Oregon center who people have noticed. There's a Toledo cornerback that people have liked. 
So, yeah, I think there's some good prospects there. Yeah, so we'll uh, talk a little bit about that as the week gets on. It's become a very big – and anything NFL is big. Anything. Anything that's NFL-related is big, and it's become a very big NFL-type thing. So uh, we'll certainly see what, uh, what becomes of that. We'll watch it this week. Got a lot, all kind of stuff to talk about today. Uh, FSU is suing – the ACC and FSU keep counter-suing each other. It's like Hall & Oates. It, re- <laughs> it really is, isn't it? And we'll certainly talk about that, Tennessee being investigated. I got a thought about that. I don't know if it's going to matter because I think the NCAA has uh, very few teeth anymore. Um, but it does look like the NCAA, first the thing at Florida um, with uh, the quarterback they tried to recruit, now the thing at Tennessee with the quarterback they did recruit. Or they signed. went after FSU. Yeah, and they went after FSU too, Alex Atkins, the offensive coordinator. So at least it appears the NCAA is trying to fight back. I don't know if it'll it'll matter. But at least for the first time in this NIL world, the uh, the F- the it looks like the league's fighting back a bit. I don't even know why these schools, I mean, even like worry about the NCAA and violence. Like, I mean, so what if they put you on? Prov- I I wouldn't do it. I, wh- who says you have to actually take this punishment? I mean, it, it's the NCAA has become such a farce that I if if it was NIL related and I was a university. I, I, Everyone is doing it's so selective prosecution here because everyone I say everyone Vandy isn't but the vast majority of of power five programs broke NIL rules. It's just we all know that. And so to suggest that it's just two or three and I I just I think it's preposterous. I at this point the NCAA I, I think in terms of investigations and stuff like that. I mean, the amateur model has been so blown to smithereens. Why the NCAA clings to it, to me, is just ridiculous. Save your manpower, devote your resources elsewhere, and tell these people, tell your member schools, we're not going to police this anymore. If you guys want to go and pay a quarterback $12 million to play for you, we're not going to stop that. That I mean, it's just it, they get beat in the judicial system, left and right. I mean, they're like Glass Joe in the courts. And so I, I just don't know why they continue to try try and be this entity of enforcement when they completely lack any clout. Yeah, I'd prefer for the NCAA to go after schools that have been tampering before players even enter the transfer portal as far as NIL is concerned. Because the rest of it, I don't think they have the resources to – research every single transaction that's gone on between a booster or a school and a player. Yeah, so uh, so it'll be interesting to see the way the whole thing plays out. We're going to talk about that. Uh, again, i got a Jaguar topic. It's going to be kind of fun. We don't talk a lot of NBA around here, much to your chagrin, RJ, but we lost, I think, a little bit in the old school NBA fans. Really, it's the Boston Celtics are the best team in the association. Oh, yeah. By, by, uh, RJ, three games clear of the field. Now, I would say that means at least at this juncture – uh, 50 games in or whatever, clearly the best team, right? Absolutely. They're the they're the best team outside of the Los Angeles Clippers, who have had a very uh, recent hot streak, and it seems like the James Harden situation is starting to work itself out. But the the Boston Celtics by far are head and shoulders above of, you know, the rest of the NBA teams, not named the Clippers. Yeah, the yeah. Celtics are winning their games by an average of 9.5 points. That every basically every time the Celtics play a game, they've played forty-seven. Their average result is they win by nine and a half. Yeah. That is remarkable. 
I mean, they're not one of the the best in history, obviously. But at, at 36 and 11, I I mean, they're certainly off to a fantastic start. And the other thing that's weird about the league this year is it's kind of taken the NFL model from this standpoint. A lot of the, particularly in the West, like a lot of the teams that are really high up are not your traditional great franchises. So it's a little bit of a mark of of parity. Unlike this is you used to be a sport where basically five or six teams were at the top almost every year. RJ, you know this league way better than we do. Tatum and Jalen Brown have been good players, and they've got some good pieces. Is Porzingis what put him over the top? Is that what is that what changed all this this year in your mind? I think having a guy like that has really set them over the top. I think. In today's NBA, you kind of need that third guy. And Porzingis being a guy who was that all-star level type player once upon a time when he was with the Knicks, then he kind of lost his way and, you know, was dealing with a lot of injuries in Washington. Now he is able to step into a role where they're not asking him to be the number one guy, really not asking him to be the number two guy. They're just asking him to play basketball and play it at a high level because we have our stars in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and he stepped into that role perfectly. And then also have Drew Holiday uh, to be that fourth guy and also be kind of that veteran leader and galvanize the troops. And, you know, when Brown and Tatum may not have it going. He can be that guy. I mean, this has been a recipe for success for the hated, at least for me, the hated Boston <laughs> yeah, Celtics. Yeah, you're, you're a Lakers fan. You're yeah, supposed you to hate the hate Celtics. Them. Your job is to hate the Celtics. Absolutely. But, but I, but I uh, they're 21 and two at home. Yeah, I mean, they're right. They're pretty good. I mean, so it'll wasn't be- Holiday pissed that he was going to the Celtics? Was he? I, I don't no, know. no, no. He want he wanted to go to Boston. He, he said those okay. were that was one of the few teams that he wanted to go to. Should he have? When he was traded from Milwaukee and got bought out by, um, well, not bought out by the Portland Trailblazers, but traded, one of the teams that he wanted to go to was Boston. Okay. It's, it's funny. I always say, whether you like it or not, baseball's better when the Yankees and the Dodgers are good and Steelers and Cowboys and all. I think the Lakers qualify in the NBA. Hayes, do, do the Celtics still qualify as, because they're such a blue blood, life's better when they're good? I think so, You absolutely. think it does? And I think the Lakers, that, it does for sure. And I almost think that sport more than any other needs its star yeah. organizations yeah. Uh, to be at their peak, to to be at for the league to be at its peak. Uh, but yeah, I think the Celtics absolutely qualify. I mean, to me, it's Lakers Celtics. I mean, the Warriors have been obviously great for a decade, but they were nothing for eons yeah. before Curry. And and so to me, it's it's Lakers and and Celtics. And yeah, I mean, Boston's got. Uh, obviously a, a great start. Are you concerned at all, RJ? The Miami Heat have lost seven straight. Is this just typical Miami Heat? They're going to look bad for the entire regular season, get in, and then start stunning people in the postseason? I didn't think they would look this bad, uh, especially losing seven straight. I didn't think so. Um, but they continue to be a team that say, just get us in and we'll handle the rest. And they've been doing that really since – uh, Jimmy Butler's gotten there. They did have a year where they were one of the top four teams in the Eastern Conference and lost early. But being this underdog team that gets in through the play-in tournament and then they have Giannis's number and they beat him early in the playoffs and then they make the NBA Finals as a low seed, it just it seems par for the course for them. But did I did I think they'd be this bad and losers a seven straight? Absolutely not. I, I I wonder what's going on and if a trade's in the works. I'll tell you this, but back to the Celtics for a second. Uh, Charles Fenner just sent, just sent us a tweet, Hayes, um, that said, Bill Simmons said this is the best Celtics team since the 80s, since the great Celtics teams. 
I think this team – I'm guessing this team is – I haven't watched it, but I'm guessing this team is better than the Pierce-Antoine Walker team. But oh, R- far better. But, uh, but, RJ, is it better than the Ray Allen Garnett Pierce team? Now, that I would question. Yeah, I would I, you question know that, I too. I, yeah, I don't it's know. It's definitely better than the Pierce-Antoine Walker team that went to the finals. And I haven't watched them enough to know, so I'm, the, I'm a bad barometer. But if they're better than the Pierce-Ray Allen Garnett Celtics, they'd be pretty good, right? I mean, that was a pretty good team. Absolutely. And, I mean, that, that was a team that was an absolute buzzsaw. But they also understood, I believe for them, that they only had maybe a four- or five-year window to win a championship. But, you know, Kobe Bryant was a guy, he said, we got to the NBA Finals and ran into a buzzsaw in the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Uh, with you know, And they had a big four of their own with Rajon Rondo being their point guard. So, um, That's right. Rondo was on that team. Yeah, too. that, would be, a, that, that would be a, a scintillating uh, seven-game series if I saw the Garnett – Allen and Pierce team versus this young and vibrant Celtics team. I forgot about Rondo. He was, and that was those were the best Rondo years. I'm taking Garnett's team. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. But by the way, I, I don't have I don't have the stat in front of me, but uh, and RJ, you can tell me if I'm correct on this. But I think during all those years, Ray Allen never missed a three. Didn't feel like certainly I mean, never I mean, in the I mean, final ten I mean, seconds I mean, of a game. He never like I mean, didn't yeah. it feel like he made. Didn't it feel like RJ in that stretch? Ray Allen made every three he looked at. Oh, did, he didn't. Did it feel that way? In 08, he kicked our ass. Yeah, I mean, I mean, remember that? I mean, but you, but you remember that? <laughs> I love that he's such a Lakers guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, so he's angry. But you remember that? Yeah. Ray Allen made everything. I, I'm not even a big NBA guy, but yeah. that thing, they, he made everything. RJ, have you seen the movie Fletch? I believe I have, seen to have seen You've got to see the movie Fletch. He's just, had to have seen yeah, Fletch. Yeah, just to see the, the Lakers stuff in it. You've got to see the movie Fletch. Chevy Chase, it, it came out before you were born, but it's amazing. I'll see it. Yeah, it's very it, – and it's, it's, it's pretty Laker. It, I mean, it, it, oh, yeah. It, it, it's pretty Laker, so it's very – I like it when he walks into the newsroom. Yeah. And uh, one of his buddies says, uh, uh, Kareem today, huh? And he says, yeah, magic's in the wash. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, uh, we got a lot to do. We're going to start out with the Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. We're going to kick off the program with that uh, that way. I'm going to talk some Jaguar football. Uh, what does – if Brock Purdy beats Patrick Mahomes, how is he viewed then? Right now he's beating Jordan Love and, and Jared Goff. But we'll see. We've got a lot to talk about. Today. Uh, we're loaded up with stuff today. Going to get to all of it on the program. Glad you're with us on a Nimnik Tuesday. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. And now, this week's Scholar Athlete of the Week, brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists and the Plumbers and Pipefitters Local Union 234 on 1010XL. It is time for our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. Brooke Flask joins us, a senior at Atlantic Coast. Brooke, congratulations and thank you for joining us. Absolutely. All right. So you are really good at swimming and at soccer. <laughs> what age did you start playing both of those? Both of them I started playing when I was four years old. Four years old. So you've been doing both a long time. Absolutely. <laughs> what position do you play in soccer? I play outside back. Okay. So a lot of running. Absolutely. Which <laughs> one do you like better? You know, I get that question a lot. Uh, a year ago, I probably would have told you swimming, but um, definitely with high school season this year, I think I've developed a lot more confidence in the way that I play. And the girls have absolutely just made it a blast. So it's definitely hard to pick. <laughs> what events in swimming? My favorite event is probably the 100 back. Okay. But, um, you know, pretty versatile. Okay. Tell me about soccer, how you got started, uh, why, why you took to soccer. Um, I just really like the sport in general. I'm, very, I'm a very competitive person. So okay. 
I like winning. Um, and this year, definitely, like, our season has been really good and made some school history with that. So I'm really excited. Well, tell me about that. Tell me about how, how good. Oh, well, at some point in the season, I believe we were working we were ranked 39th in the nation. Oh, wow. Um, we have a really big district semifinal game tonight against Bartram Trail at Tacoy. So pretty nervous for that, but I'm excited. She doesn't seem nervous, does she? No, she not at all. Nervous <laughs> at all. What's going to be the uh, key tonight for you guys to advance? Definitely a lot of um, communication and team chemistry, you know, not letting the nerves get to us. Last year we had a couple of run-ins with Bartram that ended up pretty unfortunate. But, you know, this year we've got a pretty good shot, so we're excited. And do you have players on your team that are really good at scoring goals? Oh, absolutely. You know, Talia Brooks, she just transferred from Mandarin, but, you know, she's developed really well with the team, and um, we're really glad to have her. And then, of course, Miss Gabby Rourke, you know, Kentucky commit. You know, she's, she's really good in goal, but she can put a few goals up. Tell us a little bit about some of the things you do uh, away from the field. Obviously, you're involved in a lot of uh, National Honor Societies. Uh, nationally, you're involved in student government. Yes, I am. Um, So I took up the position of SGA president this year for Atlantic Coast. Definitely a lot of work behind the scenes, you know, um, helping organize school events, scheduling meetings with my other officers, and then also administration. But it's a lot of fun, and it gives me the chance to interact with different groups of people and build relationships around school. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Brooke, what are your college plans? I plan to attend the U.S. Naval Academy, currently working my application right now, and I'll probably hear back late April, but that's the plan right now. I want to be a fighter pilot. Fantastic. How did you discover that's what you want to do? Have you ever flown a plane? (sighs) Not yet, actually. Um, I'm trying to get my parents to let me do a discovery flight for my birthday, uh, which is really (laughs) exciting. But, no um, pressure there, Mom. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, no on-air pressure there. Okay, so there's that. Yeah, um, it was really random, actually. I just told my parents, like, hey, like, I want to be a pilot. And then we were looking into, like, different colleges and stuff like that. And I think it was a family member who had actually been like, oh, like, have you looked into doing military, like the academies? And I think Naval Academy was the one that really stood out to me, at least. So... If you don't make, it sounds like you're going to get into Navy. <laughs> but in the event that you did, can you you can still pers- can you pursue, you can pursue uh, your flight goals other other places, right? Oh, absolutely. I could do NROTC at um, okay. different schools. You know, University of Florida will probably be my second choice, and then I got into FSU, so right. I would probably go there third. But there's a lot of different uh, colleges in. Uh, Florida that I would definitely go to as well. Because you said fighter pilot, you didn't you didn't bat an eye. That that's really what you want to do. Absolutely, that is really cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you, uh, will you do athletics in college? Uh, I'd probably pick up like a club team or something like that. But I don't think I would actually like go like to the college for sports. How did your parents react when you said you want to do the discovery flight for your birthday? <sighs> I actually haven't talked to them <laughs> about it yet. Well, you this have is now. probably their first yeah, time yeah, hearing yeah, this. You have now. So. Very <laughs> wise move. Yeah, it really yeah. was. That oh, was like very surprise. savvy. I like that. No pressure. <laughs> They're here in the room with us for people who aren't watching That's very savvy. Yeah, that is, that is all. very well played. Uh, Brooke Flask <laughs> is our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. She is from Atlantic Coast, probably on her way to the Naval Academy. Congratulations. Thanks for stopping by. And good luck tonight in your game. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Brooke Flask, she is from Atlantic Coast, and she is our Duval County Scholar Athlete of the Week. And, uh, She's on her way to, I think, a discovery flight. Well, I guess we'll have to find I want to hear the, the update on that down the road. So, so there's that. All I can up. tell you is communism has a problem. Yes, <laughs> exactly right. Yes, it does. It was great meeting Brooke. Brooke Flask from Atlantic Coast High School. She is our Duval County Scholar uh, Athlete of the uh, Week. By the way, that was a very savvy play. Oh, yeah, that absolutely. Was, that, was, that was very well done. Mom and Dad are here. 
I want a Discovery flight for my birthday, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> but that was awesome stuff. Can you imagine being a fighter pilot? Oh. I mean, that's unbelievable. Really, I, mean, I mean, that is the a courage and the really skill is. it takes. No I mean, question. Wow. Yeah, no question. I mean, I, and I thought, and, we, and we've we've had some other Duval County Scholar athletes that want to fly, mm-hmm. which is real, which is really a cool deal. Yeah, my eyesight is definitely not good enough, so it was never a dream of mine to be a pilot. Yeah, my eyesight was really good. And it was never a dream of mine either to be, <laughs> <laughs> to, be to be a pilot. So, uh, so I get that. Uh, I will say this too: we have had more Duval County Scholar athletes who want to go to the uh, academy, mm-hmm. which I think is so freaking cool. Absolutely. I mean, I I really do. I, I think it is so. I mean, how, I'm trying to think of how many Air Force, Navy, uh, Army. I mean, how many? I mean, think about that. Did doesn't it seem like even this year more than more than ever? Yeah, it does feel like that. And I think, I mean, when we were younger, I don't know that that was really talked about that often. The military was certainly discussed yeah. a lot, but not necessarily going to one of the academies. And so I think in the last, say, 10 years or yeah. so, maybe with the emergence of some of the, the football teams for those p- schools, it feels like it's more of a thing that, that people are aware of. Yeah, I think so, too. Interesting stuff. I'll take a break. When we come back, uh, I got a thought about the Jaguars. I got a thought about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, you've heard of them. They play in the NFL. I have. And I got a thought about their defense. Okay. Got I'm all for it. Jags defense after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Like a vision, she dances across the porch as the radio plays. Okay, it's all I got. <laughs> no, keep going. Hey, that's me and I want you, you know that one. Don't I do. But I don't sound as good as Springsteen. All right, Frank Frangie, hey, Skyline, RJ Saunders, I'm Lauren Brooks. We're going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're just still listening to Thunder Road, aren't I am. you? It's hard, it's hard to break away from Thunder Road. It just is. I mean, Thunder Road yeah, is hard to Yeah, such a good story. Right. So here's my thought about the Jags. Ryan Nielsen's a really important hire. Now that comes, Hayes, from the no-duh department. Thank you for that brilliant insight. That's the kind of insight you get from this chair. That the Ryan Nielsen hire is important. Okay, you don't get that everywhere. You just get that. That's that's what you get around it's here. Big hire. There's no question. But I mean, the ball matters more in that game yeah, than any yeah, other game. That's exactly right. Um, but let me say this: I um, if they're close, like I tend to think they are, and again, I, I may be in not just not just around here in in the minority, I guess, but I think they are close. I, I still believe that. Then getting def- making the defense like. Good, good. You still got to get the offensive line fixed, but could be a big part of this. So, what's your vision of what it will look like? Four three base four three. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think Trayvon and and Josh's ends, and then Roy Robertson Harris and Devon Hamilton inside, with perhaps a right. addition coming. Well, let's assume it's what you just said. Let's assume it's what you if you just said the personnel does fit that. I mean, it's not just two ends. It's a big end and a rush end. Well, you got – I mean, Trayvon Walker is a perfect big end. Oh, I yeah. think a lot of people, I'm among those, thought that's what he was anyway. I, I think that's what he is. 
He's a Calais Campbell-type player, a big end. Um, the rush end is clearly Josh Allen. I mean, again, these guys, we're not talking about a 6'3", 242-pound Yannick Ngakwe. We're talking about 6'5", 265-pound guy and a 6'5", 280-pound guy. So so let's assume, Trey, and I know you're in nickel most of the time, so it's four down anyway, but, but base does matter. Don't let anybody tell you that what you're in in base doesn't matter because it does. That's, that's the personality of who you are defensively. So if Trayvon Walker's the big end and Josh Allen is the rush end, Devon Hamilton, if he comes back to his form, is a – again, you don't just need two tackles. You need one guy that's a shade, you know, the, 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 the two-gap guy, and then you need a three technique. Well, that's what Roy, Roy Robertson-Harris is, is a three technique, and Devon Hamilton is an Osgar. So you've got the personnel, even if Foley Fadakasi's not back, and I think that's probably the assumption, you've got the personnel right now for that. You need more players, and you need depth, and you need backups. But, but and that's you, assuming Devon Hamilton comes all the way back to 100%. That's correct, and that's a good point. It's assuming, And who knows if that's going to happen. But he was so good two years ago. So just assume for a second that happens, all right? So then you get your linebacking core. Am I nuts to think in the one guy that everybody in the world forgot about, everybody's forgotten about, that I said, and I pounded the, the pulpit on this, and I might have been alone, that was a damn good draft pick, was Ventro Miller. And if Ventro Miller and Aluakon and Devin Lloyd are your linebackers, remember, in a 4-3, two of your linebackers are almost like inside linebackers. And your, and your, and your weak side guys or your strong side guys, the guy that's really an outside linebacker. So, so if you played Aluakon at middle linebacker and Ventro Miller and Devin Lloyd, I was, Ventro Miller's a good play. Don't ever forget that. He's a, he gets hurt too much, and that was his thing in college. But he's a good player. Shaq Quarterman's a wonderful special teams player, but they're not the same guy. And you have Chad Muma, too. And, and, you had, and Chad Muma could get in the mix as well. He could certainly be. Uh, but I don't know that he's got, in my opinion, the upside Ventro Miller's got. I think Ventro Miller's got upside. I think we saw some of those fast linebackers in the playoffs this year. And I think, Ventral, in my opinion, Ventro Miller plays like that. But you're right, good call on Muma. Certainly there's the depth there. So, But I, I do think Ventro Miller, Aluakan, and Lloyd are your three linebackers. Hayes, that that too, who knows if they're good enough, but personality wise, I mean, I mean, personnel wise, they fit that. Devin Lloyd feels more outside linebacker to me, doesn't he? Absolutely. And 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 the other two guys feel like a a, a Mike and a and a and a weak side linebacker. So, um, let's say a Lewican at the Mike, Miller at the at the Will, Lloyd at the Sam, which is sort of an outside linebacker in a four three. Trayvon and Josh Allen is your outside is your defensive ends, true ends, a big end and a rush end. Devon Hamilton is your is your shade. Roy Robertson Harris is your is your three technique. I mean, that's just a front seven. I'm not done, but doesn't that personnel seem to fit that if you played that? With it fits it better. Fits it better. Like like way way better. Right, way better. Well, there's a problem then. Yeah. Well, it, maybe. as I sit here there's now, there's been a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's but, a problem. But it, but if you were fits. drafting for a four three and you were running a three four, and again. Again, it's certainly to me, just just looking, and we're just media guys that look at heights and weights and guys we've seen play. But it sure seems like that seven I just ran off, and Lauren made a good point with Muma providing a little bit of the depth there, and there's some linemen that can provide depth too. I, I don't know. I feel like that's that really fits them. I feel like that fits what they are. Again, I'll say it again. I don't know if he can ever stay healthy because he couldn't stay healthy in college either. But Ventral Miller's a damn good player. Do not lose all these linebackers we see running around. He may not be Fred Warner, but Greenlaw and all these guys that run 100 miles an hour, that's how he played. You saw it enough. We saw it enough in college. He's a good player. So if you had that, 
And then your secondary, you know, we'll see what happens with the secondary, but I think Antonio Johnson's going to be in the mix. I also think it's a better fit for Tyler Lacey, yeah, yeah. who you it, did, like Ventrell Miller, you spent a oh, fourth-round pick on. It's a definitely a better fit. for. I, I'm not sure what he was in a 3-4. I'm not sure what he was. but he's, I still don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but he's a three-technique in a 4-3, yeah. three and, and, right. and maybe a pretty damn good one. I forgot all about him. That's a great point. I wish I'd have had that in my notes. I should have had that for a window. I forgot about Tyler Lacey, but he fits it perfectly. And then your secondary is your secondary. I think Antonio Johnson is going to be the free safety or, the, or whatever safety plays opposite Cisco. My guess is they don't bring Rayshon back. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I, so if Ryan Nielsen is as good a hire, and people I talk to think that's a good hire, I, I will tell you, that the people I talk to seem to think they got that one right. I mean, that is a consensus. Maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. But there's no, you know, there, there, there's, there's some, nobody wanted Press Taylor to call the plays. People are down on Trent Baalke. They're, you're not going to see that with this guy. For, for better or worse, people feel like they got this one right. Uh, across the board in the NFL, people feel like they got this one right. So you add all this up, I could get excited about maybe what that defense could be. That's kind of the point. Yeah, and again, they've, they've got so much of that rookie defensive class that they just got nothing out of. Now, Ventrell was injured, uh, but obviously Lacey didn't fit. Yasir Abdullah was a healthy scratch. I mean, when you had nothing behind Allen and Walker, yeah, that one worries me a little. Yeah, but I, don't I mean, know if again, that scheme or if it, but as a what is a third and long, you're right. Rabbits pack, lightning pack, whatever you want let's, to call it. Hope, when right. Trayvon goes inside, you like to think that perhaps in a new scheme, yeah. Yasir Abdullah can deliver that Correct. speed off the Correct. edge fastball that they were looking for. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, they had so many rookies this year that they just got nothing right. out of right. and. Defensively, I do think you can draw a line to uh, one scheme to the other uh, in terms of it being a little bit of a quick fix here. And remember, Lauren, Trent Baalke said schematically it's going to change. Now, he wasn't ready to allow 4-3-3-4, but that was the quote. Schematically, we're going to change. I think that says 4-3-3-4. What what else could it be? I agree, yeah. They're not going to start playing with eight guys yeah, and I can, or 13. And I can <laughs> tell you, I've heard enough people in that building tell me they think Trayvon's at his best when that hand's on the ground. There's no doubt about yeah. it. I mean, that's I mean it, was, it was a fun experiment, I guess. It probably should have been for like a month and then been like, you know what, this isn't going to work. You know, but they let it go for two years, and, and he did well. Yeah. But I think he's going to be a absolute terror. I mean, I mean, he uh, is in a four-three. I, I do too. Three of the four teams that played this past weekend run four threes. The Ravens are the only team that run a three-four. So for people who are trying to kind of figure out what it's yeah. going to look like, certainly the two teams in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the 49ers, they run a base four-three. And there's a lot of teams that are very good in both. You you don't have to have one or the other, but what you should be is what your personnel fits. So so I, I again, Tyler Lacey's a good call. But when I think of if Hamilton can come back. And Roy is a shade and a three technique. If Trayvon can be the rush, uh, the, the big end, and Josh is the rush end. I guess Josh has to either get a franchise tag or get paid yeah, yeah, big but, contract. But, but, but uh, whether, you like, whether you like the way Trent Baalke handled it or not, and whether you like whether he reached out to Josh early enough or not, he is going to be on the team. I, I, mean, there, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind he's going to be on the team. To Hayes' point, You'd rather him on the team and everybody feel good about the way it played out rather than be tagged. 
But there is no doubt he's on the team. So, so I, I, I think I can count him. You know, he's going to be on the team. Well, if they tag him, he's not going to shake Ryan Nielsen's hand right, right. until Wednesday before <laughs> right, the season right, opener. Right, right. Yeah, so that would be a little bit of a concern. Yeah, and, but, we, and we hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. But the point is he's going to be on the team. Yeah, I yeah. wonder what would be the most amount of sacks someone's had and then be tagged. Like it, I, there's no way that someone's had 17 and a half sacks and then they've been tagged. I wouldn't think. but Yeah, it's... there's no way someone's had 17 and a half sacks and they'd let him walk. There, there are some times when, when the team thinks the player gets militant and the player thinks the team, and they, and they just can't move forward. But the play, the, not just pass rushers, anything. That, that, that has happened. Yeah, I mean, 17 and a half sacks is a lot of yeah. sacks. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the, again, not to rehash it, but it just there, it almost feels like when Trent Baalke talks, it's like well, you're not talking about a guy who got 11 and a half sacks, which would be good. It'd been the best he's ever had, but 17 and a half? He rewrites your record book? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's substantial. I mean, that's a roll out the red carpet for the negotiation, not a I'm going to try and stick you on every possible thing that I can stick you on uh, and, and, you know, and threaten the tag. D4 Sorry had – Take us totally off. D. Ford had no. 13 sacks before he was tagged. That's the yeah. first one I can yeah. find. No, no, no. I, I look. We all hope. Yeah. Let's hope it gets done. Right. Let's hope it gets. To so your larger point, yeah, schematically, they will be better off under Ryan Nielsen and, than they were under Mike Caldwell. And, there is no doubt in my mind about that. And I do think Lacey, good call on him. Antonio Johnson, who I think is going to be a really good player, and I do think Ventrell Miller's a really good player. I, I, I he is a. I mean, again, I can tell you, in their minds. I mean, again, I, there it was not. He was not another Shaq quarterman. He was way faster, way more explosive. Shaq's a tough guy and a wonderful special teams player. But you, there's a skill set you have or don't have. And so, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm encouraged. But let's put it this way: I find myself less worried about what the defense will be, in my opinion, than I am about can they fix the offensive line. Totally agree. I, 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 I am less worried about that than can they fix the offense. The offensive line still has me a little bit concerned because you can't snap your fingers. You have to be really aggressive in free agency, veteran free agency. You have to commit to it. It's hard to commit to an interior offensive lineman high in the draft or even in the middle of the pack, which is where they are. Uh, but I, I feel good about what I think they could be defensively. I really do. Hayes, would you finish the same sentence Frank just said with offensive line, or would you just say offense? Like you're more. No, I would say offense. I mean, the line is where it starts, right? But they've got numerous issues along going up and down the offense, starting Mm -hmm. with how the head coach delegates it, and that's got to get fixed. If that doesn't get fixed, then I I I don't know that you can make a dramatic change. But Doug Peterson needs to take more more ownership of this offense. He's a gifted offensive mind. I think it's fantastic that he wants to pay it forward and give Press Taylor the opportunity that Andy Reid gave him. I think that's marvelous uh, and it's commendable, but it's not working and you can't continue to do something that's not working. What was working, and look, if, if he wants Press Taylor to have a hand in, like, you know, like he says he did in the first season, they were, okay, that, but it can't just be what it was last year. You, you, you ended up losing a point and a half points per game and you had eight more giveaways and your quarterback regressed there's nothing redeemable offensively about anything that happened last year now I do think it starts at the offensive line but I think they're making a mistake if they say we just need a new center and right guard and then this offense will be humming again yeah I I think how do you feel about that 
Yeah. Because I, I feel differently. I'm I'm more on Hayes' side. I think the offense certainly regressed last year. You can point to several different well, things. That, that's clear. Yeah, and I think play calling is certainly part of it. But, yeah, if you can't complete third and one or fourth and one, it doesn't matter who's calling the plays. I can tell you, watching every play of both seasons, I can't tell you an appreciable difference in the tre- in the tenor of the play calling. If if I didn't know that somebody else was calling the plays, now there were a handful of plays I didn't like. I mean, there were a handful of plays the year before I didn't like. I, I just for me personally, I can't tell you how different it looked last year than the year before. I can't. I can't tell you it looked terribly different from a play calling standpoint, just to my eyes. What I can tell you is I didn't block anybody. And what I can tell you is I thought the quarterback had far fewer clean pockets. And I think because of that, he got hit and hurt more. And I think uh, I thought I think the quarterback playing with four injuries, the uh, uh, playing half the season without Cam half the season without Cam Robinson, he missed eight games, and so playing half the season without him, um, not having Christian Kirk at the end, not having Zay Jones in and out of the lineup, to me, was a way bigger issue than the play calling. That to me was what went wrong with the offense. I'm not saying I wouldn't love it if Doug called the plays and pressed in. I'm not saying that, but I just to me watching the games. I couldn't see a difference in the play calling. If I didn't know, if Press Taylor calling the plays had never been a thing and nobody had ever talked about it and it had never been public and nobody ever said who called the plays in 2022 and 2023, I could not have told, I could not tell you a difference in the play calling. I couldn't. I but, couldn't. But can opposing defensive coordinators? And maybe they can. You know, and, you know, fair question. I don't know the answer. I hear you. And, and I don't know the answer to that. But I know from, because I, I think it's a, it's a very good question. Because the line was and the fairly answer, similar. In the, in the, in the, in the Answer might be yes. The line play was not similar. It was not. It was not even close. Like Luke Fortner two years ago when Doug was calling the plays wasn't significantly better than this past season. Oh, I thought he was. He was, he was average his rookie year. Yeah. He was dreadful. Oh, I thought year. he was night and day better. I, yeah. th- I think he was better. I think he and they had they had they were healthy. They were healthier. I I think the line was significantly better the first year. So so again, for, but that's a good point. The the defensive coordinators may see tendencies that I don't, and they may see you know one good thing about one great to your point. Play calling isn't having new plays that the other play caller didn't have. It's knowing when to call them. Steve Spurrier used to say that. Steve Spurrier said, I can give all my plays to somebody else, but do they know when to call them and how to set one up? And, and so so I hear you. So, but we'll see. I think if they get the offensive line fixed is my biggest concern. But the whole point of this segment is I'm excited about what I think they might be defensively. I just – I'm telling you, I talked to two people last week that think this guy, Ryan Nielsen, might be – the next really good one. And now, who's, who will see? It was, met, it was met with universal praise. There it really was. The, you, was. You, you didn't see anybody in the NFL universe saying, boy, Jacksonville really reached None. on Ryan None. Nielsen. So, right. you know, we'll see. Yeah, and they did reach on press, press call in the plays. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean they oh, did. That was met with there, there was a backlash. A, there was pushback. I mean, even yeah. before he called a play, yeah. there was pushback there. There's none on this guy. None on this guy. So we'll see what happens. All right, we'll take a break. More in a moment. 10, 10, Excel. 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. College football question for Carline and Brooks on this Tuesday, brought to you by our friends at the Nimnik family of dealership. Can you believe Claude Felton is actually retiring? Yeah, is that the it's question? Just, it's not the question. Break, <laughs> breaks my heart. No. 
He's an of, institution. One of my favorite people I've ever worked with in the business. Ever. Ever. I mean, How could yeah. he not be? I mean, he's the most accommodating for sure. I mean, he is PR at the top yeah. shelf level. When, when did when did Claude start? 79. Yeah, 79. He started in 1979. So when I uh, when we got to be really good buddies was in 88, my one year covering Georgia for the Times Union. And yeah, I told you the story before. We actually, it was a real beat. So, so I really got to know Claude really well, and he's a good, good, what a good man. And we've been friends ever since, and he's a, uh, he's, he's a wonderful guy. So Claude Felton said, how old is Claude, you say? I'm not sure, but I mean, I, that's what I would guess. Yeah, late yeah, 70s. I would, I would guess mid to late 70s. It is really cool that Georgia's like on top. I know they didn't win the title, but yeah. they're the best team. Yeah. Uh, it, it is cool for Claude that he got to see Georgia's dominance at the end. Yeah, real, really good man. One, 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 of, one of the best in the business. So. All right, now my question. Um, and, and, and we'll, we'll miss Claude Felton. I promise you. It's kind of like Norm Carlson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw, yeah Norm, very similar. I, I saw Norm's son at the, the, oh, the cool. basketball game. So, yeah, so, um, very similar to Norm. Wonderful man, like, so, so beloved by people in the media. With all the super conferences, okay, with all the, the 16-team SEC and Big Ten and, and Washington and Oregon and the Big Ten and USC and UCLA in the Big Ten and Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC and – Cal and Stanford and SMU in the Atlantic Coast Conference and all the everyone in the Big 12, with everything that happened, Colorado and the Arizona schools in the Big 12, when it all shook out, college football better or worse? I think it's, I think it's probably worse. Uh, it's just it's, it's hard to, at least for now, maybe we'll get used to it, but it's just such a different entity. It really is professional football now. And I guess, you know, there was always the, you know, bags of cash and things like that, but it still felt like it, it was more of an amateur enterprise than it was a profession with contracts and uh, free agency and, and things like that. So, uh, I mean, I, I can buy that it'll there's more parity perhaps, and I, I definitely think going to the 12-team playoff helps college football. But in terms of the guts of what makes college football, I think it's pretty detestable. The SEC didn't really change the landscape so much, but the other conferences, to your point, Frank, certainly did. To me, what's so fantastic about college football is the regionality and how important it is, and not just in the Southeast, but certainly the Midwest and the the uh, West Coast. I mean, the Pac-12 has a ton of teams that have been very relevant for a lot of years, and now it just seems like they kind of get lost into the shuffle of the rest of the teams in the Big Ten, and so... Yeah, and I think it's definitely worse for student-athletes. And I know we don't really like to think that much about them because we're far more worried about how much money the networks are going to make and, and our viewership and things like that. But, I mean, they're going to have to travel so much they're going to lose sleep and all that stuff. And that's all true. That's all true. My question was, for the college football fan, is it worse? And I agree, it's worse. It's significantly worse. And you're right about the regionality. Is Here's what happened. The... You know, and and I love the 12-team playoff. It's better with it. Mm -hmm. Way, 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 way better. But without the 12-team playoff, we wouldn't have had all these teams jumping conferences. We wouldn't have had it. There's no way the SEC would have added Texas and Oklahoma with the four-team playoff because you risk not getting in. Now you get in if you're good enough. And having said that, because I got thinking about this whole FSU thing. The FSU is suing the ACC, and they're suing them back, and everyone's suing everybody, and it's a sue, it's a sue fest, right? <laughs> but as I think about this, 
this who's suing who fest we've got going on here. FSU, if it stays in the ACC, will make far more money. I'm sorry. If it leaves the ACC, we'll make far more money if it gets in the SEC and Big Ten. We'll make far less money in the ACC. But isn't the path way easier to get in still like it always was as you look at these schedules? Now you say, well, they didn't get in this year. Well, this year was a, it was only four teams, and it was an outlier. The quarterback got hurt. And right. it, I mean, it's the first time it's ever happened. They would have gotten into a 12-team. They'd have been probably e- fourth or fifth. Even Yeah, even yeah. with the injury. Yeah, I think they'd have been fourth. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think – the reason they weren't in the top four is because they didn't want them in the in the tournament. Right. But if but if twelve teams in the tournament, I think so. So, isn't FSU financially they're better off to get out? But other than financially, isn't their 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 chance their opportunity to get into the portal not the portal the end of the playoff, and to be higher seed in the playoff better now? I mean, you say well well everybody gets in well maybe but if you're in the SEC and you're nine and three. You're not going to be seated nearly as high as that 11 and one ACC team. You're just not. So, isn't their chance to win a national championship still way better now than if they if they if if they win their suit and get out and don't have to pay the grant of rights and get into the Big Ten or wherever they go SEC? They make far more money, but don't they hurt their chances to win a championship? Yeah, the Bowden theory on it holds true. Still, 35 years later, Correct. absolutely. I mean, would you rather go against Ohio State? Michigan, Washington, Oregon, Penn State. Uh, would would you rather be in that league? Would you rather be in a league with Georgia and Alabama and LSU and F- Florida and you know go to Texas, Oklahoma, or would you rather be in a league with Clemson and Miami and Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech? Well, that's it. You got I the mean, Carolina schools in Syracuse. Yeah, and Pitt. it's pathetic. You, yeah. I mean, the it's, ACC is a pathetic conference. Yeah, and so, I mean, yeah, I would say that, <laughs> yeah, you'd rather be the big fish in a small pond knowing that even if you lose to Clemson or, you know, you could maybe even lose two games and still get into the 12, uh, which Florida State, when they're humming, they'll always do. Uh, or would you rather go to the Big Ten or the SEC where you might be looking at some six and six, maybe not in the Big Ten, but in the SEC, yeah. Florida State would be looking at some six and sixes. Yeah, and, I can and, tell you that right now. And, I'll certainly and in the Big Ten, they'd probably be looking at some nine and three, yeah. eight and fours. And, and even if FSU has, has, has reclaimed their greatness, and they might have, which means if they have, they probably wouldn't be six and six very often in most conferences, just like Georgia and Alabama wouldn't. But they certainly have a better chance to be nine and three or eight and four than they do in the, a- the ACC. Well, certainly 11-1, Yeah, correct, right. They, I mean, they'll do that more, most years, yeah. I would imagine, yeah. in this version of the ACC. And, and so, so I mean, not that SMU and Cal aren't juggernauts. So, so, I'm, almost, <laughs> so I'm almost wondering if you're Florida State, yeah, you, you want to get out because you want to you operate with the same dollars. I get that. I get that. And ultimately, it's going to be hard to win a national championship if, if other teams can spend way more than you. I understand it. And – FSU's too good a program, too tradition-rich, too much opportunity for greatness, too much history of greatness to be making $40 million less than the Gators who are two hours away. I, I understand that. And they're making the right play to try and change that. But I do think it hinders their chances. I can tell you this, Florida's football program isn't very good, and I hope they make it back. I really do. In fact, we got some comments from Paul Feinbaum to that end coming up in a bit. I'll talk about Florida in a couple segments from now. But, but the Gators that have a way better chance to win nine or ten games if they were playing Wake and NC State and Georgia Tech instead of Texas and Ole Miss and LSU, that's just reality. So I just wonder, is football better now? No. 
Is the fact that we have a 12-team tournament better? Yes. But the 12-team tournament is what allowed all the conference movement. It would not have happened without a 12-team tournament. That's the point. When Texas and Oklahoma joined, did we know for sure that the SEC, or I mean, that the college football playoff was going to expand? I don't know if the words for sure. Okay. It was going to 12. We, we, or they were at least yeah. talking about it. They were expansion. talking about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it was, I think. What, would it be six? Would it be eight? Would it yeah. be 12? Yeah, I think we knew eight or 12. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was some talk of eight. But yes, Texas and Oklahoma, the SEC's not taking those two teams on if four team playoff was around forever. I can tell you that. I just wondered because of the, the money part. But to your right. point, Frank, about FSU. Won't you make so much more money from the college football playoff well, and then eventually potentially a national championship well, that's what if I'd, you can constantly get there? Well, see, that's what I don't know because yeah. don't you share the money? I mean, isn't it all share? I mean, uh, I mean, maybe I'm an idiot for saying this. I may have no clue, which wouldn't be the first time. But doesn't Michigan ultimately make the same money as Ohio State and Minnesota even though they won it? Yes. Yeah, it's the same money, I, I, which is kind of crazy, by the way. But I think I think the league takes care of their expenses yeah, so yeah. that they don't. Yeah, you know, but, but but I think but, yeah, but I think for the most part the same. I think for the most part Minnesota and Michigan will make the same money from college football right this year. Now maybe attendance and and, and local dollars change obviously. Oh sure, but, but in but terms in, of TV and playoff, in terms, in terms of big split, correct. in terms of that big split, it's not like it, that eighty two million. It's not like ninety million is going to Michigan and sixty million is going to Minnesota. Right, they're getting the same. Which is why there's a legitimate yeah. conversation for us. Should some of these conferences look at? Tossing out some members, right. I don't think they should, right. but I get why you would have the discussion. But, but I, because some of those right. schools just aren't—they're they're getting all the benefits, so but they're not really competitive. So as I look at this thing, I, it, it just for me as I as I, as I as I look at this, I'm like, well, I for me for I just can't see that that. It's better. I, I had way more FSU fans six, seven months ago when this first started, you know, becoming a conversation point saying, I'd rather stay in the ACC than I did, oh, I want to be in the SEC or I want to be in the Big Ten for this very reason. You're going to win more games. You're going to win. You're going to have more happy Saturdays Correct. in the ACC the thing. than you're going to have yeah. in the SEC yeah. and, and Big Ten. And, if, and I will tell you this, and listen, I have, I have great respect. For Florida State's football program. If you listen to this program, you know I do. I, I, I don't bash the Knowles. I think they've owned one of the most tradition-rich programs. From, from the late 80s on, they've been as good a football program. Everyone has some swoons, but they've been as good a football program as there's been in America in that last 40, 50 years, and I'll stand by that. And they've earned those, those three championships and all those Heismans and all those conference championships. But don't think for a minute your record is going to be the same, to your point, when you're playing LSU and Alabama and Georgia and Auburn and Tennessee and whoever is when you're playing NC State and Georgia Tech and Syracuse and Pitt and North Carolina. It's just not. And, and by the way, Florida's wouldn't be either. Ohio State's wouldn't be either. Nobody's would be. It's a, it's a different world. I'll even go this far. With apologies to the Big Ten because they make as much money as the SEC or more, it's easier in that league than the SEC too, by the way. Okay, let, let me be clear about this. Ohio State has it way easier than Alabama does. People say the Big Ten and the SEC are on the level playing field only financially. Not competitively, they're not. Competitively, I would say, I would tell you, competitively, over the years, the Big Ten has been way more like the ACC. Uh, Clemson's been dominant, so has Ohio State. Michigan's been somewhat dominant, so has Florida State. I would say, other than that, I would say the rest of the conference is not all that different than the ACC. Am I off the mind? Uh, you get Penn State. I think the Big Ten has a much better third team 
Okay. Uh, but but yeah, once you get beyond, once you get from four to twelve, it's similar. I don't think there's a big difference. There's not. There's there's real. Whereas in the SEC, it is. It oh, is. Sure. It is different. So, uh, and we'll see. I just wonder if I'm FSU. I see this fight going on, and, you, and you're fighting. You're fighting for the dollars. And look, I get it. But from a competitive standpoint, the phrase you used, happy Saturdays, Yeah, you're going to have far more happy Saturdays. And I shouldn't say far more because FSU is good enough on good years to go win 8 or 9 in the SEC or 10 and 11 in the SEC. But they're going to have some years where they're not. And if they're not, you're going to lose it. I wanted to ask you a question, and we may have to get to this on the other side. Uh, but does, do you think this hurts FSU in terms of how they'll be viewed by the SEC or Big Ten, that they're – do you worry about them being good partners yeah, if I, this is how loud they are against the ACC and how public they've become yeah, with it? I Does that concern you at all it's if you're a, the SEC or it, Big Ten? It's a great question. i tell you what. Let's take a break. I'll answer it on the other side. It's a very good question. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Welcome back to the Frangie Show on this Nimnik Tuesday. Frank Frangie Hayes, Caroline, RJ Saunders, I'm Lauren Brooks. We were just talking in the break before we get it back to college football, Hayes. How just incredible it was that at the trap they had, I think it was like 44,900 people to see the WWE Rumble. So very impressive crowd on hand for that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Royal Rumble. Uh, and uh, Have you been to one of those? I never have, no. But Hackers it's, never uh, invited you to go to he and his friends? What's that? Hackers never invited you? No, I... Is I, that the one Hacker used to go to? I think Hacker one? used to no, make the pilgrimage to WrestleMania, WrestleMania every year. Yeah, but Royal Rumble is one of WWE's like trademark pay-per-views like it goes back to like the late 80s so uh it's uh it's one of their bigger events and and yeah they routinely set attendance records because the ring isn't very big right so they can put a lot of seats around the ring uh which obviously at a baseball game or you know football you're just not able to do so uh you know usually usually wwe if it if it's in a new venue we'll mm -hmm. set the attendance mark you asked a question before the break is, is there a fear from the sec of the big 10 that the fsu would be a bad partner because they're rebellious right now i don't think so i think this is an outlier of a situation i think fsu's history has been that they've been a good partner in their league that they've been that they've been an upstanding program so i don't think you got me thinking i don't think they're re rebellious by nature i think this is a this is a very unusual circumstance. Now, you can make the point that they fought to get they wanted they they could have been in the SEC 30 years ago and they chose not to. So, that's a different argument though. Your problem, your question is a good one. Are they a rebellious bad partner? I don't think so. I I I don't I I think I don't think FSU's a bad partner. I think they're in a real I think they I think FSU looks up and says, "Wait a minute. We are our program is on the same plane." is Alabama and Florida and Georgia and LSU and, and, and Ohio State and Michigan and Texas and Oklahoma, and we're stuck with Wake Forest. That's what I think. They're, no one's going to say it that way, but I think they – Florida's got Vandy. Florida and Alabama have to deal with Vandy, but nobody else. We got about eight of them, and because of that, there's no money coming into our conference. We belong with the elite. I, th I think it's that. I, I think it's no more – we belong with the elite, and we're not in it. And, yes, we made a decision 30 years ago not to join them, 
but now we want to join. I think I think I really think it's that simple. I, I think so. So for me, so, so for me, it's that. It just makes me wonder how they'll handle it if, like, the SEC or Big Ten say, "Well, yeah, we would have an interest, but you might need to take a reduced share for like five or six years." Uh, I it, it just it it just sort of makes it just sort of makes me wonder how they are going to handle it because so far it seems to be the attitude is we're the greatest thing ever and how dare you not let us in your conference and and it goes back to the idea of are we sure they have a place in either the SEC or the Big Ten uh, they they act like they obviously do uh, but but do they. And uh, and they've just had such venom for the ACC, which look, I I get. I mean, it's they've definitely outgrown the ACC, right? But it's you you made this bed, and now you're burning it. And I think if you're now trying to get into somebody else's house, I think it's fair for them to ask, who are we letting in here? Is this going to be? Are they going to be good partners? Are or do they think that they're basically going to? rule the conference the second they walk into it. Yeah, I don't think that. I, I don't think FSU is going to go into a conference with Ohio State and Michigan or with Alabama and LSU and Texas and try to rule. So I don't think so. Speaking of college football, I do want to get this in. Uh, Paul Feinbaum was on McElroy and Kublik today. Uh, I think it was today. And and he was asked, and now he does his own show, but he was asked about Florida. He made some interesting comments. The first one is that everybody is whispering a little bit about Billy Napier. Greg, everyone is whispering about Billy Napier. There's no reason to whisper about it. I mean, he had a terrible season. Uh, and, you know, no matter how many times uh, his AD comes out and tries to say there, there's, there's nothing here, there's a lot there. Beyond that, Feinbaum believes that Florida, Florida fans have lost their energy for the Gators. There's an apathy at Florida that, that, that concerns me more than the record. I talked to uh, Steve Spurrier a couple weeks ago. Uh, he said, well, there's not much buzz going on around here. I talked to a reporter the other day. He said the same thing. I talked to a former player, Thaddeus Bullard, uh, last week. And he just – I mean, everyone's saying the same thing. There's just no excitement. So is that the re- – and, and I wanted to play this because Gibby pulled this because it was interesting. That seems to be the national view of Florida, that Florida lost its fastball. To, have, to everybody involved, Florida's lost its fastball. And Scott Strickland and the, the Napier camp are saying, Lauren, I'll start with you. The Napier camp is saying, give us time. We'll regain the fastball, but there's too much work to be done, so you've got to be patient with us. And Florida fans seem not split down the middle, probably more on the fine bomb side than the Florida side. Is that how you see it? Is, is that the two competing factions as you see it? Well, the one thing I disagree with with Feinbaum is when he was talking about the fact that there's apathy in the Florida fan base. It's I don't think it's apathy whatsoever. I think there's extreme anger because the football team hasn't lived up to what they believe it should. And at this point in time, yeah, there's not excitement, that's for sure. But I think Billy Napier is the only way he can change the narrative is to win games. Yeah. There's nothing he can say. There's nothing he can do other than win football games to change this. And you're right about the, the, the apathy and excitement. Good point, Lauren. She made a good point, Ace. You said it. The, the swamp sold out. Uh, I, I think the websites are as, as, as – I think people are as interested and eager as ever. They're just not convinced he's the right guy, right? 
Yeah, something tells me it's going to be loud when Miami comes out yeah. of the tunnel. Yeah, they'll uh, be excited. In the swamp in the opener, and 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 that Spurrier's will be packed the night before. Right, and that the yeah, I, I don't think that there's apathy. There's certainly not optimism. I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, and yeah, I mean to say that there's whispers. I mean, there's not whispers. There's shouts that Florida might not have the right guy. Uh, so you know, I I think in in looking at it, it's uh, you know, I I. This is this is what where I think we're going to be with Florida football at the end of April. I think the Florida fans are going to be so excited about DJ Lagway that they are going to be convincing themselves over the summer that DJ Lagway is going to be an incredible player his first year, and you know Mertz will hold them off for a little bit, but ultimately when they get to that stretch in the second half of the year, it's going to be Lagway, and he's going to be fantastic. I'm not saying this is what I think is going to happen, but I think that's what the fan base is going to start to gravitate around. And if I'm Billy Napier, I'm telling that Austin Armstrong that if you blitz DJ Lagway one time in the spring game, I'm firing you. I want DJ Lagway in that spring game to go off for about 330 and four touchdowns. So do not blitz him. Uh, and by the way, don't blitz Mertz either because you blitzed him like 30 times last year. You've gotten your, your quota for, for two spring games. You've gotten your quota for 15 spring games. Uh, so I, I think with Napier it's going to be uh, let the fans gravitate a, around Lagway. It creates an issue with Mertz, but I think Mertz will be able to handle it. Uh, and, uh, and, again, I think Mertz goes the distance as the starter. I think uh, I think the offense can can work well with Mertz as the starter and Lagway as a fifteen percent of the snaps player, but I'm I'm in te- in terms of getting Florida fans super pumped, the number one key is DJ Lagway. You just signed arguably the best player in high school last mm-hmm. year. I mean, if if Florida wasn't such a disaster last year, the Florida fans would already have you you couldn't walk out of your house without seeing a Lagway jersey. It's just because. Florida failed so miserably in the back half of last year that there's not a lot of confidence that the fans have in the coach. But you did sign a player that could be a program-changing player. He might not be. Maybe he'll end up being Bobby Sablehouse and, and won't have much of an impact. But what if he is an icon? I mean, that's what you might have here. And I think Florida fans, by the time we get to that opener, I think they're going to be already – figuring out, you know, how do we want Lagway posing for his statue? I'll, I'll say this. Um, I told you this earlier. Uh, is the, uh, and I could lose my spot as president of the Grand Mertz fan, fan Club. Pres- well, president, vice president. And treasurer. And, and treasurer <laughs> of the Grand Mertz Fan Club because I really want Mertz to have a good year. And I'm a big Mertz fan. I'm the biggest Mertz fan you know. I was a Mertz fan before all y'all even knew, wanted him there. I still don't. But I do want to see like, wait, <laughs> is that maybe me bad? Right. Is that, am I a bad person? No. I mean, I mean I'm not a turncoat. No, I'm still, different I'm still, types of I'm still on, I'm still on tr- team Mertz. I still am on team Mertz. But I, I, I should have never watched that highlight package. Right. They should not have done this to me. They injected it into my veins is what happened. Look, you signed the best player in the country, basically. I mean, it's, it's, it'd be the equivalent of you had the number one pick in the draft and you took a quarterback you know, that everybody believes has a good chance to be special. You know my recommendation? The, the standard two-quarterback offense. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think you right. got to go with the two-quarterback yeah. offense. Well, it's going to be that. I mean, I can't imagine that. No, no, I mean together. 
Oh, I yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, Muschamp did that one year. <laughs> he did do that yeah. one year. He was like, I'm not going to tell you who's starting, and then and he, and started, then he started, started both. both. <laughs> he started yeah. Brissett. Shockingly, oh, the Muschamp era didn't, <laughs> you know, lead to titles you with that, that kind of yeah. thinking. It was Brissett and yeah. Driscoll, and he didn't want to, so he started yeah. them both yeah. in the game. Yeah. Nice job, Will. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'll say is, even with Mertz playing at the high level he played last year, Florida still only won five games. It's yeah. not all Mertz's fault. Certainly, yeah. the defense wasn't good. But I just don't know that he can elevate those around him the way that we are putting massive expectations on DJ Lag. Well, he's certainly not going to spin out of a sack right. and run for 50 yards, yeah. which yeah. DJ Lagway can do. He's not going to spin out of a sack or buy yeah. extra yeah. time and then fire a 65-yard rocket well, uh, right. to a wide-open guy for a right. touchdown. And watching, like, and watching the tape, I knew he could spin out of a sack. I didn't know he was that fast after he had. And I didn't know he had that throw in motion that looks like an NFL guy. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't. I, that, that's the part I didn't know. So. We're back to Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Except we expect him to be a better passer. But, but, but Anthony Richardson never looks smooth. I mean, Anthony right. Richardson barely. I'm not trying to knock Anthony. Anthony, and I hope Anthony Richardson is great in the program. Yeah. But he did not have a winning high school career. In fairness to him, right. That might have been Eastside wasn't very good. Right. But this, he was viewed as a, a little bit of a project. Yeah, yeah. Coming this, out of this, high school. This guy's winning championships. This guy looks right. like yeah, he's so. ready to compete immediately. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, I want. I, I was going to talk about Brock Purdy, but I want to wait till Denny gets here because Denny made a great point about Brock last week that he was right about. We're going to get to that coming up in a bit. But um, I got a thought about the Boston Celtics. That's next. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Frank, you sing along with the words when you know them. Hayes, you just sit there stoically. But I know you know all the words to this song. It's a great song. It's a classic. You think Hayes can sing this song? I assume so, since I've heard all about karaoke. I've never heard Hayes. I've never heard any stories of Hayes singing this song. You know, I think I may uh, call an audible whenever the karaoke, and I love this song, and I'd be happy to do it. Maybe I'll do two songs. Oh. Uh, What's the other one? I've got to do honky tonk women. Oh, I've, I've I got love that. that, song. that that's I, one of my favorite songs played at weddings. I think that's like moving up on the bucket list. Okay. Like I've, I'm gonna have to belt that out, okay. inebriate it out of my mind in front of a bunch of strangers <laughs> yeah, at wrong. some point between now and the day that I sign off. I'm not a big Stones guy, but honky tonk and it's women. Even though it's a boy, it should be woman. The name of the song right. is women. Yeah. Honky tonk women is my favorite Stones song. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I was listening to it while I was working out today, and I was like, you know what? I may have to do this one. I love it. But We're Painted Black is, I mean, it's What's your favorite song? Do you, have, you don't care. You're not a big Stones fan, right? I'm not a, the biggest Stones fan. I love Honky Tonk Women. When I was a senior in high school, you know what the big song was we all sang? Angie, oh, Angie. Yeah. We all sang. That was like when I was a senior in high yeah. school. That was the song. It's a good one. That's pretty charged. Well done. I would Are definitely th- not do that one in karaoke. <laughs> Thank you. I just, I just gave you a tip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little too slow is right. All right, we're about to talk about the NBA. We talked about the Celtics earlier to start the show. And Drew Holiday, by the way, what I remembered, RJ, was that he was mad about the trade, like you said. He wished he had gotten a warning when he was traded from the Bucks. So I remembered something about Holiday not being happy. Uh, but certainly to be a part of the Celtics team right now, uh, the way they're playing, that's a good thing. Yeah, I think – I just think that – listen – 
the NBA is great for people that follow. It's kind of like baseball. Baseball is great for people that follow it like me. The NBA is great for people that follow it like RJ. But I don't think either sport has the mass appeal it wish it had wishes it had. Is that a safe comment? You agree with that? Yeah. I, I don't think e- I don't think either baseball, which I love, or the NBA, which RJ loves, has the mass appeal that it wishes it had. Maybe that's because football just dominates the world and it wouldn't matter what else you were playing. Nothing's gonna compete with the NFL and even college football. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe maybe it wouldn't matter. Maybe yeah, because they look at ratings. Yeah. Because ratings well, equal dollars. Well, no, that's my point. Yeah, my, that's what I'm saying. They're looking at the NFL ratings and going, we yeah. don't get anywhere near there. Yeah, 55 but, million yeah. for yeah. Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs yeah. Ravens, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 55 million. So, 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 I, but I don't think, so that's one of the reasons I think that, I mean, Hayes, is, Hayes you were the perfect, I'm, I'm being serious about this. You were the perfect example of, of what I'm talking about because we all, you will, you will pay maybe passing attention. But you'll pay attention to the Dodgers this year. It may be passing attention. Oh, you yeah. can watch a lot of it, but you you will be very interested in whether this thing works. Yeah, Shohei and all that. Because I think they may start the season like thirty six and two. Yeah, right. No, but, I, but and so so I think they won't. But. So well now, RJ, to the point, I now will start paying a little bit of attention to the NBA because I rooted for the Celtics back in the day and I paid attention to them. And so so does that make sense? I mean, I I think I will pay more pass. When the Lakers, RJ, when the Lakers are good, I pay attention. Right. I mean, when the Lakers are good, I pay attention. I, I, even it was the COVID year, when the Lakers won, I was, I was, I was locked in because it was the Lakers, and I, and and I know the brand. I, RJ, right. I didn't even know other other than LeBron and AD. I didn't even know the guys that much, but I knew the brand. Right. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, and so, 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 Lauren, I think if the Celtics now that now that I've figured out now, by the way, I'm still I I, I still don't like 78 different uniforms. I want the Celtics to wear the traditional and the Lakers to wear the traditional. But I um you probably won't at all because you just know the NBA doesn't move the needle mm-hmm. to, because you don't have the history of the NBA that I have. Correct. But I've never been a an NBA viewer uh locked in until we do loser Monday. That's about the only yeah, time. Yeah, and yeah. So but Hayes, I, I will I will pay attention to the to the NBA more as we get closer to the playoffs if the Celtics are the best team. And if the Celtics and the Lakers were were the two best teams. I'd be freaking locked in. I guess that's the point. Yeah, it's it's uh, it is interesting. I, the NBA for me is they've got to be pretty deep into the tournament uh, before I'm going to pay a ton of uh, attention to it. Uh, I, I'm curious about the magic. I, you know, I was like the magic when I was in college a million years ago, and so I, I've always kind of kept an eye on them. And they just have never done anything. They're 24 and 23. They're right now eight in the in the East. Uh, Gene's obviously a big. Miami Heat fans, so uh, you know, pay attention to them. But but it didn't really start until they got into the playoffs last year, and then they went on that great run, which was fun. So for me, it's going to be once the postseason begins. But but yeah, I mean, I hear you. I, I I certainly think it helps the NBA. Anytime you've got you know a super team or a team that's having an unbelievable year, I uh, it's particularly when it's a team like Boston with their heritage, it's it's going to move the needle. Um, but uh, for me, I. I would be surprised if for the rest of my life I watched an NBA regular season game. Like, I'll watch playoff games. Right. But I don't know that I'll ever sit down and watch an NBA regular season game. Well, it didn't help this year that I feel like when we might pay attention is on Christmas Day when there's not NFL football. But because that fell 
on what was that Sunday of yeah, this the, year? The NFL took it out of play, didn't it? Yeah, or Monday, whatever really day did. was. Uh, yeah, we were all watching the three NFL games, and so there's just yeah, there's no help uh, there for the association. But I think storylines, you know, like if LeBron, once ever he's done playing, or if he played with his son, like I think that's a storyline. But who's emerging? Like we've talked about the the next stars, like those storylines, I think are interesting. But I'm with Hayes. I'm never going to watch a regular season game unless I have money on it. I mean, one of the teams that I'm most intrigued by is 10 and 37. That's the San Antonio Spurs. But I am enthralled with Wimby. You are. You are. I mean, it's amazing what he can do at 7 4 and how agile he is. So, like, I I would, like, if I, the Spurs, I'm sure, will never be on TV because, like I said, they're 27 games under 500. (laughs) But if I was flipping through the channels and I saw the Spurs on, I'd watch a little bit just to see him, like because of the Otani factor. Right. Like I've just I've never seen anything like what this kid is. I mean, it's he he had a move the other day that was about as graceful a move to the basket I've ever that I've ever seen a seven footer have, let alone a kid that's seven four. Uh, it, it's just he's he is remarkable. He really is. Hayes, I've got good news, bad news for you. Tomorrow night at eight p.m., Florida plays Kentucky, so you might be a little busy. But if you aren't. The Magic play at the Spurs. So two teams that you kind of care about. Well, at least you care about the Magic. And that's on Bally Sports Florida. So it is on TV. There you go. And you can do the double screen with Uh, with YouTube TV. I like it. Good idea. (laughs) Hey, hey, RJ. Why why, why are the Timberwolves so good? Is it just Anthony Edwards or are they good? I mean, they 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 have a great – they're by far the best team in the West. Why are they so good? I think it's it's multiplicity of things. I, I think these these smaller market teams are beginning to grow a little bit. You look at teams like Oklahoma City. I mean, yeah. that, that's a team that's a small market team that has developed well really and um, now are starting to see the fruits of their labor, um, you know, really pan out. And you're seeing the same thing with Minnesota. I I still believe that they took a a, a big leap by giving up what they gave up for Rudy Gobert, but. I mean, you still have a guy who I guess you would say is one of your more established stars in Carl Anthony Towns, but Anthony Edwards, my my goodness, uh, that that is a talent for you there. And if you can keep him in Minnesota, you know, I, I think you have a dynamic duo between he and Cat. Although you you may trade Cat in in the next couple of years, so you'll definitely see that. But I, you know, just because they have the best record in the NBA right now. You know, I'm. I really don't look at them as a threat in the NBA playoffs, but what they're doing this season, um, as well as the Oklahoma City Thunder, has definitely been uh, a bright spot this NBA season. All right, now, is, do twenty teams make the playoffs now? It's not that many, is it? Well, like they have that plan. So with the play-in, twenty teams are in now, right? Kind 20 of. The yeah. thir- twenty to thirty get to play after the season's over. Correct. And and the Bulls are are ninth in the East. Billy Donovan gonna be fired. I thought he was. I I don't know. RJ, RJ what do you Billy, think? RJ, is Billy Donovan going to get fired? It really feels like uh, Donovan may get fired. It, it, it seems like Chicago's looking to blow this all up. Um, they're looking for a trade partner with, with Zach Levine, and they're saying that they kind of want to blow this thing up, kind of rebuild it. They have a couple guys in which they want to keep, but they're big contracts that they have. They want to see if they can get a suitor. And if they're going that route, I would have to say that or feel that Billy Donovan's going to be – you know, relieved of his duties, and they'll bring in a, a younger guy. And he'll be done, right? He's yeah. he's not going to get NBA another done. job, right? In the not NBA as a head coach, RJ, or will could he have some retread still there? It's interesting. I, I think maybe if he decides that he wants to take a year off 
um, or if he wants to be an assistant coach on somebody's staff. I think that is probably a way he'll stay um, in the NBA. I mean, you know, he had bad luck with with the Lonzo Ball injury. I mean, this was a team that was a top four team in the Eastern Conference before the injuries happened and, um, you know, just kind of inconsistency with the roster. Um, so I don't think that if he is let go by Chicago, he's necessarily done. I don't know, you know, if he gets to coach a contender, but I think if there's a young team there, I think Billy Donovan could be a name that you see. I uh, I think he's going back to college. You realize Billy the Kid's almost 60? It's unbelievable. How did Billy the Kid turn almost 60? But the um, he's 58 years old, but I think not only does he go back to college, but he might be the greatest basketball coaching free agent in college basketball history. I mean, if Billy Donovan goes back, if if he gets fired or steps down or whatever, and the word gets out in the offseason that Billy's coming back to college, there are no schools too big for him. You know, North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, and Kansas are too big for most coaches. Would you agree with that? Yes. Too, I mean, they're too big They're too big for most coaches. They do, most, most coaches just, uh, uh, you know, he's good. He getting, he's not getting that job. There's no job that he wouldn't qualify for. Now, I don't know who's – I don't know what blue blood jobs or 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 the guys are on the hot seat. I don't follow it close enough to know. Um, but there's no job, no job. Louisville is six and fourteen. And I could couldn't you see and couldn't you see that? Yeah. I mean, couldn't you see? I mean, Billy Donovan gets fired and Louisville follows fires their coach. I'm telling you, I could see that all day long. I could too. Couldn't you? I I, I that, that's that's the one. That's you know, I mean that's one of the ones. I mean I, I think. You know, North Carolina's not opening up. They're having a good year. Duke's not opening up anytime soon. Bill Self's not going anywhere anytime soon. There's not many other jobs. Oh, by the way, UCLA's not having a very good year. Yeah. If, if they blow out Mick Cronin. Right. I don't UCLA's 9-11. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as a West Coast guy. And Indiana's 12-8. and eight. Yeah. But, you know, I think Indiana's done. I don't think I don't think you can bring Indiana back. I, I think, think they're Nebraska football. They are Nebraska football. I don't think – I think they're done. I think the time's yeah. over. For whatever reason – UCLA could come back. Louisville could come back. I don't know why I feel that way, but I feel that way. Villanova eleven and nine. I know they probably want to give Jay Wright's successor a little more yeah, time, but yeah. if you could get Billy, yeah, I could see. I and, mean, and he's so northeastern guy. Oh yeah, Villanova. Yeah, I, I could see that one. I could see. I mean, don't you? If you're Florida State and Leonard Hamilton retires, don't you have to at least call him and make him tell you no? I don't think he. I don't think they could get him. I don't either. But, but wouldn't but you make I, him yeah. tell you that? But I think Villanova. Louisville, UCLA could get them. I think those schools. I think those schools could get them. I, I really do. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, amazing to have this conversation and not mention the Gators. But I honestly, at this point, I mean, yeah. I kind of like the direction Golden's going. And don't get me wrong, if Billy Donovan yeah. wants the job, it's it's his it's his house. Yeah, I mean, he, he can have his it name's back. on the court. Yeah, yeah, but but I but it's not the. Well, if Scott Strickland doesn't immediately contact him the second yeah. that he's available, is anyone coached against against the? Is anyone coached on the opposing team with a name on the court? No, but it would definitely happen to Gator fans. <laughs> I mean, that, absolutely. I mean, is, is if there's happened? a misery to be yeah, had, right, right. in sports, it will befall the Gator fans. Billy Donovan brings the Knowles in and puts eighty six right. sixty one yeah, on him. Exactly. Is <laughs> Patino's name on any court? I don't think it is. I don't think he's on a court. So. He'd be the only one. I feel. I'm like. trying to think if there's anybody where, who's coached against the team. It's had to have happened. With the name on the court. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Because there was a fear when Cal was going to step down that Kentucky would go hire him. Cause, cause, I mean, I, I, that, that, that fear was very real. And if Calipari got out, 
he would be a candidate for that job. Absolutely. He coached there. He's he's been a coach there. I mean, he would be a real candidate for that job. It'd All be right. funny if uh, Donovan took a page out of Spurrier's playbook and took the South Carolina, South Carolina job. jump. <laughs> oh, and then comes and wins on Billy Donovan, of course. <laughs> we'll uh, take a break. Uh, Lauren's got the hour off. She's got helmets and heels with Mia and Taylor coming up. Denny joins us to talk quarterbacks and more. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Now, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay, bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security. Register Sausage. And George Moore Chevrolet. One, two, three. Hey! I think it's your touch. What you got over there? See that? He's got some registered sausage. Let me tell you, boys, what I'm about to do. I'm going to hop in the car that I bought at George Moore. I'm going to go watch the TV that Tyson Sound Security yeah, put up and, and grill some register sauce. Hold You're going to love that. that. I mean, you, you, I'm, I'm grilling the register sauce. I'm telling you, you. 10, 15 minutes on the grill. Blackstone. It, it is unbelievable. So same for the Blackstone? Yeah. You have a Blackstone or just a regular? I grill? just have like a Weber grill. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get a Blackstone. Yeah, okay. Well, Makes I'm, everything. You know, better. All right. Well, then use your Blackstone. <laughs> and can't so imagine I, how good it is. I'm yeah. Sorry, you're, you're gonna text both of us tonight. Y'all, I'm from us. South Louisiana. Y'all yeah. hyping up. I know. This I'm, telling I'm telling you. Yeah. It is unbelievable. I will not grill again without having that on there. Oh yeah. wow. It, whether That's it's strong. burgers, and I've never been a big grill the sausage guy. Yeah, you know, I like sausage on pizza. Yeah. You know, sausages at breakfast is is wonderful. But I've never been a big. I'm a burgers, steaks, yeah. you know, brats kind of guy. This is unbelievable. It, the registered that sausage was the is greatest, really good. That really was good. the greatest endorsement in the history yeah, of 1010. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You went hard. S- cut that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Send really that good. to register sausage. Really good. I'm, I'm serious. You, you, if you really are going to eat it tonight, I, text us. I will. Yeah. I will. Okay, I it's, definitely it's really, will. It's really, it's really registered I can't wait. Sausage I'm really excited. Is, and it's now available. When Dixie Publix everywhere. Yeah, so yeah absolutely. Really cool. I mean, he was legit excited. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm legitimately <laughs> excited to hear what you think about it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really that good. Um, I want to get to Gardner Minshew in the Pro Bowl. you got to be thrilled about that. I am. So, I just so, found out. So we're going to get to that in a minute. I'm not starting with that, though, because I'm 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 something you said last week resonated, and you were right. Nobody wants – we have this category of quarterbacks who are the best ones, mm-hmm. and then we have the rest. And if, if you're in the rest – and you win, you're a game manager, or the defense was good, yep, right? Yep. And you you made a good point. You got a little boat up at the world last week, and you said, "Why? When is anyone going to recognize that Brock Purdy isn't just game manager guy?" And and I told you, well, if he wins the whole thing, you said, "Ah, that still won't do it." So you were kind of you were kind of pissy, <laughs> which is funny, but but I get it. But I get it. I thought he took over the game. I thought I had no idea he was that fast. You know. Sometimes quarterbacks who are drop-back passing quarterbacks are more athletic than you think, mm-hmm. and they make some plays with their legs that you wouldn't have thought, but they're not fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. He took off and ran. I, I was ready for him. For, forget RPOs. I was ready for him to run the wishbone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> but, I mean, I, yeah. I, honestly, I had no idea. I knew he had savvy and moxie and the, and the awareness to make plays when you had to. I didn't know he could run like that. I don't know that he is that fast I, th- I think the thing that you measure you can't measure that everybody wants to measure is he just gets it done whatever it is it gets done yeah I, okay. with him I know but I'm telling you on those three no runs, no no that's my point it's like I think if you went out right now and said yeah. hey uh yeah. just go run like yeah. you'd be like oh he didn't it's right. not. okay but when but when he's got to do he it he does faster. it and that's that he's thing. a gamer yeah that's that thing that like people say well what is it about him he doesn't have a big arm he doesn't yeah. he doesn't have this or the athletic ability or whatever 
the point is, is if we knew what it was, it wouldn't be special. Yeah. But he has it. And he continues to have it time and time and time again. It's not luck at this point. He was point. the last pick in the draft. It's incredible. I mean, I know everybody knows that. I know I'm not breaking yeah. news. Mm-hmm. But he was the last pick in the draft. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it, it's something else. Ayuk made a big play for him huge, on that fifty-one huge, yarder. I huge. mean, yeah. what a unbelievable! And, and that, and that yeah. was an unlucky play for Detroit. The guy was falling backwards. Ball and, bounces, man. Yeah, 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 but but still, I, I thought so. So let me ask you, even though you said you don't know the answer to this, I'm going to ask you anyway to come up with the answer. What is it that makes him good? Is it preparation? Is it he a better athlete than people think? Is it? I mean, look, you, he's pretty damn good. This is where I need to have like Will and Tom come in because we have this conversation all the time. And, yeah. and my personal opinion on it is that he has this amazing ability to just translate information instantaneously, okay. like right away. You give him – it doesn't matter what it is, a look that you give him or even like a training cue that you give him, the next rep is taken care of. He's, he's going to try it. He can do that. And then I think there's just this mentality that he has always had because he played a lot of ball in college. To where if I'm out here, if I've got, and this is going to sound simple, but if I've got to be out here, I might as well dominate. And if I've got to be out here to train, I might as well dominate training. And if I've got to be out here watching film, then I might as well lock in and dominate that. And it shows in every single aspect of the dude's life. He never wastes time, right? Every single time, is in, every bit of time is intentional with him. And we can say that that's the, the, the theory, but really what it comes down to is, do you have the willpower and the want to to execute that? We can all say we want to do it, but do you really want to do it? And he does, and he just does it every single week. And I, to me, that's the it, is all the things that people say, hey, I'm grinding because I'm doing this and I'm doing that. They're not really doing, but he is. He's there all the time. That, that, no doubt about it. And in terms of looking at the, the matchup, any early thoughts on, obviously, Spags is doing an unbelievable job coordinating that defense for the Chiefs. Uh, what or some early keys in your mind in terms of how San Francisco will go about uh, having success against Kansas City's elite defense? Well, I think if you're if you're San Francisco, you've got to go in and do what you've done. You've got to spread them out. You've got to run. You've got to understand that you're probably not going to get the Brandon Ayuk catch. You're probably not going to – they're probably not going to give a big, big play up, right, unless it's McCaffrey split in the middle. Um, and you just got to stick to that. And then really what you got to focus on is – 15 on the other side. Like, is he going to score 21 or is he going to score 37? And I think that's where Baltimore got – I think they came out anticipating that he was going to score 37. And they looked up in the third quarter. It's like, if we'd have just stuck to running the ball, he's only scored 17. So, I think if you're San Francisco, it's like you got to go in with a game plan. you got to stick to that game plan and only adjust if you feel like your defense is not keeping up with, with Mahomes. How uh, – these quarterbacks today are so accurate. Mm-hmm. What what do they do? Oh, is it a training thing? You just throw and throw and throw. I mean, it is it is the accuracy now of these NFL quarterbacks, all of them, is uncanny. Yeah, it it is crazy. It it it's a combination of things. It's reps, of course, but there's also been a huge advancement in just mechanic studies overall. Um, not just with us, with everybody across the country in football. I've told you this. Baseball is ten years ahead of football. Football is just now getting what pitchers have had in baseball. Yeah for decades at this point, right? So I, I think we're just now learning what really matters and not the old school, like, you got to do this to get this. Now, pretty much if, you're plant, if, you're, if your feet are planted, they're lined up the right way, and you're in the proper sequence, you're going to be accurate if you can throw something. 
So you got to focus on those things and not necessarily where you hold the ball or where your arm angle is or how high or how flat it is. It's the base level things and doing those things over and over again and making sure they're right. Motion capturing them, which all these guys are doing, and making sure the things that you think you're improving on are actually improving you. What would be your advice if if there's a, a six-year-old out there, like really young development? Is there a, one or two quick things that you can give as, in terms yeah. of points of advice? I'll tell you, I've got it. My son's 12, um, so I'll tell you what I've done with him. is Throw early and throw often. I don't care what you throw. I don't care what you throw it at. I care if it's skipping a rock. Throw. Because once you reach a certain age, if you don't have that arm flexibility, it don't matter what you do training-wise, right? Play baseball. If you really want to be a quarterback, go play as much baseball at a young age as you possibly can and play as long. Play until you know for a fact that football is going to pay some bills for you. If you don't think it's going to pay some bills, then you just keep playing. Right? Those are the two. Don't come see me at six. I can't do anything for your six-year-old. I probably can't do anything for your 10- or 12-year-old other than just teach them the basics. Just have them outside throw. Makes a lot of sense. We'll take a break. We'll talk about Mahomes. We'll also talk about Gardner Minshew in the Pro Bowl. And we'll look ahead a little bit. That's next. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. You might get the sausage, but you weren't getting away from this. Okay, It's fine. Okay, I mean, it's fine. If you, if you thought the sausage is getting you off the hook for this, that wasn't happening. Obviously, getting upset about it hasn't helped. So, <laughs> Try a different tack? Yeah. RJ, I love it, man. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you have to be th- so thrilled that Gardner mentioned you to the Yeah, I didn't and know, know until I walked in and Mia told me. Yeah. And uh, I had no idea. Yeah, I am ecstatic for him. I, I don't even know another way to say it. He is really, he is really taken, golly, I mean, I mean. A guy that was – He's in over Trevor where, Lawrence. Where was he before? I mean, that alone right East there Carolina? is pretty cool. Was it, yeah. East it was East Carolina. East Carolina. East Carolina. I mean, if you think about it, East Carolina was done with football, was going to go coach at Alabama. Yep. Was going to go be an analyst on Saban's staff when Mike Leach, God rest his soul, called him. You know, we all know the story by now and said, you want to go coach? You want to lead the nation in passing? And Gardner said, yeah, probably that. And yeah. he went and led the nation in passing. And he's one of the Pro Bowl. It's really, it's really a neat story for a kid that really got after it. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I, it's Orlando, right? I, yeah. I may yeah. try to ride down there, take uh, Walker down there, but just couldn't have him to a better guy. He loves the game of football for all of um, the quirkiness and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Everything's about ball for him, like, and and he will admit that it's all about football for him right now. That's why he lives in a van. Yeah. It's not about houses or cars. It's just about ball right now. In terms of uh, looking at. Where he could end up, uh, I was. You know, we've talked a lot about Pittsburgh. I don't know that I love Arthur Smith getting hired there as OC. Does that is that a good thing in your eyes? Is it could that be a, a I hindrance? Think I, I I don't think it matters with Gardner because I I think for the most part, I mean, he's fairly athletic, right? He's not Anthony Richardson. Yeah, they didn't do the same stuff with him, but I I almost think he can blend into just about anything. I mean, if you look at his his history. He was a backup for Jalen Hurts, right? And came in and they ran the offense through him just fine. Um, I think he can run just about anything. I think for him, it's just somebody that needs to believe that we're going to give him the ball for a year and just see what happens. Is there any team out there, Hayes, you jump in here too, that possibly, and we, we cite Pittsburgh a lot because they seem to be good everywhere but quarterback. Are there any other teams that might be looking for a guy 
to say, okay, we got everything figured out for the next couple of years except quarterback? Are there, are there t- who, who, would, who else? See, that's where I thought Pittsburgh I thought fell it, in. I, 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 well, I think they do. They yeah. do. Yeah. They so I don't know if there's another one, though. Is I, Atlanta falls in. If you put Gardner yeah. Minshew on the Atlanta Falcons, now, you know again, it, yeah. I don't know, Raheem Morris, I, I don't know what they're doing in terms of what they – what they want their we offensive identity them, you know, to be. Who's, who's but the Rams guy? What's their draft status? I think they're ninth, but, I mean, they've they, got so many weapons. That so they got me, a high enough pick that, that that, to me, is like, okay, you probably can get a pretty good quarterback at nine, though. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Where Pittsburgh is a little later, and they've more recently drafted that first-round guy. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't – I think um, – I think nowadays these GMs are so attached to the quarterbacks, especially during a coaching change, that it's it's tough, man. It's really tough. Yeah, and uh, that's the sad part about G is he just keeps answering the bell, but there's always the doubt of like, is he our future? Is he our future? Well, I mean, dang, okay. I mean, now he's a Pro Bowler, and he almost took a team that none of us thought were any good to the playoffs. I, I think he's answered all the questions. Yeah, there's no doubt now. Gardner Minshew, how old's Gardner? Thirty. Is he, is he 30? I yeah. doubt he's 30. 28, is he that 28? old? I, mean, I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. 27, 28, I don't know. I mean, he looks 35. But, but, but there's now no doubt, there's no more doubt, that he can now play in the NFL right. 10 years. He's right. 27. He's 20. He, he now can play 10 more years in the NFL. He may be a backup. He may get a chance to start. He may be called out of the bullpen like he was this year. Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, there's now no doubt. He's now going to be a 15-year NFL guy. Yeah, and I think what I'm saying is, is has he ever been in a situation where he could even just go into a year and go, it's my team? And and I want to see what that looks like for him. And I I know that's a tough situation for a team to present with the way football is played today with we want the flashy quarterback, the athletic quarterback. But I think he's earned that right. And and I I think this is an offseason where hopefully somebody sees that and goes, hey, we don't know what we're going to do at quarterback long term, but for right now you're our guy. And if we do well with you, it's yours. Like, that's all I want for him right now. That's why I think Atlanta would make so much sense is I just think with Bijan, Drake London, Kyle oh, Pitts, I mean, I just think you, Atlanta needs a facilitator that can make good decisions and get the ball to the playmaker. Yep. And that's what he excels at. Uh, and, you know, I, so anyway, it, is, it, is it, Kyle it'll Pitts, be fun to see. Has Kyle Pitts been the most un, underutilized guy? By a mile. In, yeah. in recent history? It, by a mile. And B. John Robinson was underutilized this yeah, year. Yeah. Like, I still have zero doubt that Kyle Pitts is a Pro Bowl caliber tight end, Hall of Fame caliber tight end. They just won't throw him the ball. Right. They can't get him the ball. What um, what did you think of Lamar Jackson? Did they just do a good job defending him? Because I thought he missed some throws. I thought, I thought he had not been missing throws. That was the book on him earlier. It's just one game, and I, I'm a big Lamar fan. You know, that if you hear my, this show, I'm a big fan of his. But I thought he missed some throws. Yeah, I, I thought both games were interesting in like the play calling aspect. I, I'm not the one thing I've watched a lot of Baltimore. I lo- love Todd Monk, and we've talked about Todd. Um, they've had a good rhythm all year long, and it's like they just never got that. Yeah, you're right. And and to Kansas City's credit, I thought the way they rush Lamar, he loves to sit back there. Right, he just loves to sit back there and make something happen. But they didn't give him a lot of running lanes as he was sitting back there. They made him throw the ball as he was sitting back there. And I thought that Baltimore just got out of their game plan a little too fast. Um, it's same with Detroit. It was Detroit to me was the weirder one because the way I saw it was San Fran went man just a couple of times and Detroit's head scrambled and they're like, oh no, we can't run the ball all the, all of a sudden. And they could have. They could have. So I, I don't really I don't know if I blame that on Lamar, if I blame that on Munkin, or if sometimes you just gotta look up and go, man, the Chiefs have done this before. 
the connection that Mahomes and Kelsey have, obviously we knew it's extraordinary. It's first ballot Hall of Fame stuff. But how they came out against the Ravens, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. He's, the throws and catches that those two connected on. He's Michael Jordan. He's Michael Jordan of football. It he, was he, unbelievable. It's like when 15 wants to play, you don't really have that great of a chance. He, he covers up every mistake that you – every blemish that you have as a team, 15 covers up. He, he, during the regular season every year, it's like, I don't know if he's got his best stuff, and then it's playoff time, and it's – there's Michael Jordan. And that's the way that I'm looking at, my, at Patrick Mahomes right now. There were guys we've all played – we all grew up playing sports, right, Danny? There were guys that – I've always said this. There are guys that weren't the most talented guy, but you couldn't strike them out in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. They were going to make the last jump shot. They were just – they weren't the most talented guy, but they had this clutch gene. And then, God forbid, if any of those guys ever did have the talent, <laughs> they're, they're Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. That's right. Because they're both. Yep. That's Mahomes. That's Mahomes. He, he, he's, he's got all the talent. He's got the best talent, and he's the guy you don't want to face in the bottom of the ninth. And he's so committed, much like what we, what we said about Brock. I thought his trainer, Bob Stroop, he had a tweet immediately after um, that awkward tackle, that, that awkward hit that Mahomes took. Yeah, yeah. And it showed them – in the offseason, what they did to prevent that from being an injury. And when you go look at that, like, that's cool to look at, but you got to understand, like, they didn't just do that once. They did it the entire year, and Mahomes was disciplined enough. And if he wasn't, he wouldn't be playing in the Super Bowl. So I I just think when I look at he and Brock, it's just like they're willing to take this thing to a level that very few people are willing to take it in every avenue of life. Yeah, without a doubt. What did you think of the timeouts, or not timeouts, the field goals? Uh, electing to go for it. What were your thoughts on that? I, I I don't understand it at all, and I don't I don't think any of us are like Monday morning quarterbacks with this. I think we probably were all unanimous in watching the game, going, "What are you doing?" Before the play, like, it just didn't make any sense at all. And I get the identity. That's where I was trying to tie Detroit and Baltimore together. Like I get your identity got you there, but at some point you just got to win a football game. Like if your identity that's that that can be the identity of a winning football team is we win football games. However, we got to win them. And if that means we've gone for it on fourth and three all year, but right now to go to the next game we kick, then you're now you've got a winning program. Right? I don't care if I take the personality of the head coach as long as the head coach is a winner. And that's the Belichick thing, man. They won so many different ways. So I, I love Dan Campbell. They'll fill that thing through. And I, I think if he had to do over again, I think he doubled down the second one. I think it would That's be much different. He yeah. got lucky. Ben yeah. Johnson staying. Yeah. Yeah. That's but a surprise. They, I mean, I think they got a great culture there. I think it's fun. Everybody yeah. that you talk to loves it up there. So I, they're going to be around for a little while. Well, you said something a minute ago. Tough-nosed coaches and I'm tough-nosed guy can also be stubborn guys. That's right. And he doubled down on the second yep. one. That, 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 he, if he'd have kicked the first one, he'd have kicked the second I one. I totally agree with that. Yep. And, I, and I think I totally agree with that, and he didn't. So, all right, before we let you go, I got to ask you about this. So, okay. I like to watch all this this video stuff. And I told you guys, when everybody thought Graham Mertz was going to be the worst player ever, I watched some of his tape, and I, I told you, he's pretty good. And I, and I told you all that. So, I don't watch – I finally watched Lagway. Yeah. Boy, he's really good. I mean, he, he is he, – he is, he He's runs, got something to him. Then he run I, number one. I told Hayes I saw the numbers and all the f- ten touchdowns this game and seven touchdowns, but to watch him, the throw in motion was looked way better than when I watched him mm-hmm. before. He's really fast. I mean, he might again. I try not to get all gaga about recruits. I try never to do that. Oh boy! No, he's got. I mean, if you're going to list the things physically that you need to succeed, he's got 
all of those. All of them. I don't man. know the kid well enough to speak yeah, beyond that. Yeah. But he made some throws, and I'm sure you saw them. That you just rewind, you're like, how how did you even come up with that? That's what I did, and I, and I and I look. We've all seen all the recruits; they all had looked good on tape. But I watched his, and I I told I told Hayes, I I, I try not to. Get, I don't get wowed by recruit video because mm-hmm. I just don't. I'm too mm-hmm. old. Man, oh man, he he big, strong. Everything's a tight spiral. Uh, throw throwing guys open. Yeah. High school guys don't throw anybody open because usually if you're on a good team, your guy's already open. But he made a couple throws that were the guy wasn't. He's good, man. Is he the most important recruit since when? Uh, I Tebow, right? Leak Tebow. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, Leak was the most important recruit because he got them all to come. Right. You know, and that cha- that changed yep. him. But then Tebow was the most heralded. He's, yeah. he's the he's the second. He and Tebow are the most heralded recruits ever. Well, I mean, right? has Florida ever signed the number one quarterback in the country? Because uh, well, Tebow wasn't that. No. no he was no. like third that year yeah. behind, I think, Stafford and – And I, and I want to say DJ's number one on everything. just about everything, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. Now, yeah. he's a good player. I'm excited to watch him. And that's the – he's going to bring a brand of football that's yeah. different than what we've seen in Gainesville. What Anthony was, was trying to bring, uh, DJ is a very similar skill set. And know this. I told Hayes this a couple weeks ago or last week. People that want to fire Billy Napier – well, understand in in the in the portal world, in the NIL world, you fire my coach and I'm gone. Oh, no so, doubt. So, so just so you know, if you fire this guy, you're probably losing this guy. Oh, they're, they're attached they, to each other they, right now. They are totally attached. Yeah, absolutely. And no, nobody stays in place for the next. No elite quarterback stays in place for the next coach. They transfer. Or they come out. And here's when you look at next year, the 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 thing that can keep Napier's job beyond winning. Is Lagway getting on the field making some plays? That's right. We talked about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if that if that happens, then that's probably a shoe in to keep your job. Right. Danny Thompson, great work, Danny. We appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. One seven to go. That uh, comes up after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik. Your friends in the car business since 1941. One second to go, then we'll turn it over to the ladies from Helmets and Heels. Lauren Taylor and Mia have that for you. Frangie and Carline, RJ Saunders with you on this. Nimnik Tuesday. We thank our friend from Nimnik. Nimnik Chevrolet is on Cassett Avenue at Park. Nimnik Buick GMC is located on Phillips Highway. Head to Nimnik today if you want to buy an automobile. That is the place to go. Started the program today by telling you, I think I just pretty much handed Ventrell Miller a starting stop, didn't I? You did. That I was impressive. Much, I pretty much handed him a job. But I do think that that my guess is they go to a 4-3. Trent Balky said there will be a schematic change. He didn't say what it was. Ryan Nielsen's been a 4-3 guy. Uh, I do think their personnel fits that. I think Trayvon Walker will be a better big end than he was an outside linebacker. I think Josh Allen's a better, although he's a great outside linebacker this year, but I like him as a rush end. De- Devon Hamilton is a is a shade, two-gap guy. Roy Robertson-Harris is a natural three technique. That's what they will play if it's a 4-3. I like that line. Uh, then there's three linebackers. I know that only in base, and you don't play base, uh, very often. I get that. You're in nickel 65, 70% of the time. But I do think base matters. And when you are in base, I think it's uh, a Luakon and Lloyd are two of the linebackers. They now need a third linebacker to start in base. I think it's going to be Ventrell Miller. Chad Moom is a good player, but I don't see him as a starting player as much as I do Ventrell Miller, who's very explosive and fast. And I think 
Yeah, we forgot about him because he got hurt so early, and he has been hurt a lot in college. But, man, Hayes, he was a good college player. He was, and and hopefully the foot injury is now fully behind him. It, it seems like it was almost always the same thing with Ventrell. So hopefully it, I uh, you know it's it's now in in his rearview mirror. I I do think this would fit them better. I mean, a lot of times you worry about do you have to go make extra personnel moves in an off season if you're switching scheme. Well, this is the rare case that I think the scheme switch actually takes that off your plate more than putting it on it. I'd still would be fine if they went out and got a defensive tackle in free agency to uh I mean you need a rotation anyway. Uh so even if you feel comfortable about Robertson Harris and, and Hamilton, uh you're still gonna need a, a third guy in there uh of some notoriety. But I do think it it from a lineup standpoint, it looks pretty good. Uh we'll see what kind of battle Miller and, and Muma have, but yeah, I I think you'd you'd have to like where it starts simply because Trayvon Walker is already showing signs of being a good player, but if he's in I think a scheme that helps him more with Josh Allen, I mean then it, I mean you could have something really special. I mean you could make That's the case you do now. I That's mean they had 27 and a half combined sacks, but next year with Trayvon being in year 3 and being in a scheme that suits him better, and obviously, with Josh Allen coming off the season he had, I mean, yeah. you start thinking about maybe can these guys get to thirty? Three four defenses, a three four defense usually has that six three two hundred and forty two pound pass rusher. The Jags don't have that. They hope uh, Abdullah becomes that, but they don't have that guy. That Chason is that size. He didn't become very good. Neither did Abdullah, or Abdullah hasn't splashed yet. He wasn't even active most of the season. The Jags' two outside edge guys are both six foot five. One's two sixty five. One's two seventy five. That that seems to speak to a four three, not a three four. Now they played a three four, but that's just not what I thought those guys were. I think Ryan Nielsen will run a four three, and I and I and I'm excited about what I think that'll become. I really do. So we'll see. I, we, we talked about that earlier in the program. I will say this. I want to get through this damn rest of the NFL so I can see because the Jaguars aren't in it, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's still frustrating. But, I, but again, I, I'm a little more encouraged and excited about where I think this whole thing's going than other people are. I, I think what, if they go to that 4-3, I don't think they need a whole lot of help on defense from a personnel standpoint. More, more, more linemen, you know, a good corner. Corner. Yeah, but not a whole lot. You know, not, not, a, not a whole lot. I, the offensive line is where they need the guys. And, and one more receiver. And, I mean, there's, there's some – look, you got free agency in the draft. You are going to be able to participate. You know, so so I I do I like where I think they're gonna go. So we'll see what winds up happening. Um, I'm surprised Washington and Seattle aren't filled yet. Yeah, I know. I because the or did now, the Ben Johnson thing surprise you? It did. I I'm surprised that he stayed. I think that's a mistake. And, and by the way, I think he I don't think that was a well. I wasn't getting the job anyway. So yeah. I, think was, I think I think he pulled out. Well, if he was he really legitimately did. gonna get the one of these jobs, then yeah, it's it's. I would have advised him not to go back because you just don't know. I mean, you go back to Detroit, and who knows? Like maybe Jared Goff has a bad year, maybe he gets hurt, or you know, maybe you lose Gibbs in training camp well, or and Laporta. Is, and and it's the just, Jags found out the year after the year is really hard. Yeah, I mean, it's the year just after the year is hard. if you have a chance to go legitimately go coach, and I'd say both these jobs are, are pretty good jobs. I mean, in Washington, you have Sam Howell, so you probably need a, to at least be thinking about quarterback upgrade but how it wasn't terrible and I you know you've got some pieces in Washington you've got a new owner who's committed to not being a disaster like 
Snyder was. So I think that, you know, it's probably a pretty coach-friendly environment. There's a lot of newness there with ownership, which is good. And in Seattle, I mean, they know what they're doing. They, you know, John Schneider has done a magnificent job working with Pete Carroll, and and he's still there as general manager. So, you know, I, I would think, you know, yeah, you don't have the established quarterback. You've got Geno Smith, who kind of had an amazing year two years ago, then kind of took a step back. So I don't know if Ben Johnson looked at it and said, well, I don't want to go either place because I don't love the quarterback situation and, you know, we'll be great again next year. And they may be, they've got a lot of young talent, but as we see in the NFL, the second you think you believe something, it, it flips and, and you're wrong. So I'd be worried about that if I was Ben Johnson, but look, I, we need Bobby Slowick to get a job. Yeah. That'd so be good. Ben Johnson pulling out. That's right. Now, hopefully it's Bobby Slowick out of Houston I agree with that. into Washington or Seattle. Yeah. That'd be way better. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be way better if he winds up getting a job. Yes, I am surprised by those a little bit. What uh, um, you said you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pick Kansas City in the, the Super Bowl. I am too. Kind of game, twenty three twenty. I think so. 21. I think I think that kind of a game because the Chiefs' defense is is sensational, and we yeah. know uh, how fantastic San Francisco is as well. So I I would it imagine it is a defensive game. It really is. I, I think you're gonna kind of see a similar game to the AFC Championship I do too. game, I where do too. I think the Chiefs will set the tone early. Because Mahomes is so amazing, and Kelsey's now fully healthy, playing at a great level. So my guess is the Chiefs throw the first body blow, and then San Francisco gets rattled by that and is playing chase the whole game and just can never quite get over the hump. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a fantastic game. Certainly it's a coin flip uh, in terms of the line. But, uh, but I, like, I like the Chiefs. Just, I, I just believe more in their – DNA and it's it's no knock. San Francisco's a, a great team. I just think I think the I think the Niners are going up against the Jordan Bulls. Now the Patriots and the Jordan Bulls. That's yeah. exactly what they are. RJ, let's hit some takeaways. Now today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over fifty years. My takeaway is simply that uh, I'm excited about the Jaguar defense. I'm glad we had that conversation because I do think that you look at uh, the scheme, I think it's going to be better under Ryan Nielsen than it was Mike Caldwell. They have some things that they need to do, but it, it I would agree, Frank, I think going to that more of a 4-3, I think some of the needs are more melted away than become bigger needs. So it's going to be exciting to see how that uh, side of the ball comes around. All right, let's say hello to Taylor. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. You know what I'm ready for? Baseball. Baseball. Me too, Frank. I'm so ready. <laughs> Me too. You, I am. You knew kind of where we were going there, didn't you? Yeah. It's that it gets to this point. Once we're about to hit February, because then you're seeing like pitchers and catchers right. report in this many days and this. And so you start getting more and more excited the closer you get to that. Um, still waiting for the Cubs to sign Cody Bellinger. That's the one thing I'm waiting for. So he, so what is he like a free agent still? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just taking his time. But Scott Boris is his guy. So Is he going to resign with the Cubs? Is anybody it's, else in play? I've heard yes. Um, there's like three or four teams that are in play. They haven't all been named, but it did say he hasn't. Uh, he's still in contract talks with multiple teams. It seems like Cubs are the favorite is what I'm hearing, but who knows. Cubs will be pretty good. Yeah, they should be fun. I mean, they started getting competitive towards the end, and uh, so we'll see, but it's the division is could be interesting. 
in general. Well, for some of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> so what? So the cut was it? Was it ten to two? The, the, was it the Cubs beat them, the Pirates ten out of twelve or nine mm-hmm. out of twelve? Ten out of twelve. Yeah. Right? You got us a couple at the end. I think it was, I really think it was ten out of twelve. I I'm think not, so I'm not too. Kidding, okay. Would, you know what? We beat that ass those two times. Okay? <laughs> just so you know that. Just let me point that I out. Just because you handed me the your Pirates <laughs> flat. I, I gave you the W. You handed me back the Pirates logo. Taylor Taylor handed me the W, and I had no idea it was coming. <laughs> Lauren gave it to me, kept a total straight face. I did the same thing. She's so no. <laughs> as soon as the folder was handed to me, yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm not opening she, she this. Didn't even want to, she, she knew exactly what was coming. Sorry. What's coming up tonight? Uh, so we'll recap uh, the games from over the weekend. Those are some fun ones. We pick our impact players each week, so we'll go over those. Um, I tried to reverse jinx one of the teams this week because it's kind of seemed like during the playoffs I've done it for other teams. Didn't work this week. Um, so we'll go over that. We'll look at some of the other things going on in the NFL when, you know, which teams need to make the moves right now, what the draft may possibly look like. Um, so we'll go over the, some of that stuff and obviously a whole, uh, a lot of jags of everything that needs to go on this, yeah. this off season for them, which hopefully is a lot more than what happened last off season for them. All right. Comes up a bit. Thanks, Thank Taylor. you. Uh, Taylor, Mia, and Lauren, they have helmets and heels. It comes up in just a bit. That'll do it for our program. Uh, tomorrow we'll be live at UNF. I'd uh, love to go out to agree the UNF Ospreys are playing very well in that A-Sun. We'll talk a little hoops. Uh, the coach will join us. Uh, three to six, live from the UNF Arena tomorrow. We're looking forward to it. Don't go anywhere. Helmets and Heels comes up right now. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank Frangie. So long.